0: What's up, everybody? We're back. We're live with another episode of the Compassionate Viking Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Stanaway. And today's episode is one of my favorite episodes that I've done so far. I got to sit down with my shaman who has been my, uh, I call him like the, what did I call him? The tour guide for my journeys on my ayahuasca ceremony. And so I finally got to meet up with him. He's a busy man. He lives in California, and I got to catch up with him right before he was heading back after he had just facilitated a ceremony over the weekend, and it was just a real pleasure. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit, and I can't, I, I want to say I can't wait to get back into a ceremony. However, it's uh frightening at the same time. It's about one of the only things I can think of that actually kind of puts fear in my fucking heart, which is crazy considering all the things that I have done and do, but man, spiritual jujitsu is what I call it and it's a real doozy. So being that my podcast was really about ayahuasca and, and ceremonies and the the perspective of a facilitator or shaman or minister himself, I figured the herb of the week this week would be ayahuasca. So ayahuasca, I'm just going to go off Wikipedia, even though I don't know how accurate it is, but usually they don't really lie about this kind of shit. It says, ayahuasca is a South American psychoactive and ethiogenic brood, Drink traditionally used both socially and as a ceremonial or shamanic spiritual medicine among the indigenous peoples of the Amazon basin, and more recently in Western society. The tea causes altered states of consciousness, often known as a psychedelic experience, which include visual hallucinations and altered perceptions of reality. Ayahuasca is commonly made from the which is I I think it's called the the Vine of the soul, which just—it's a Latin name, and I don't know how to ex- how to say it. So it's the ayahuasca vine, and then the other shrub, which is called chacruna, and it says or a substitute and in other ingredients, including all these other fucking plants that I don't know what they are. A chemically uh, a chemically similar preparation, sometimes called pharmawasca, can be prepared using N,N-dimethyltryptamine. Or DMT in a pharmaceutical monoamine oxidase inhibitor, or MAOI, such as a moclamide or I don't even know these terms, guys. It says, internationally, the Convention of Psychotropic Substances lists the ingredient DMT as a Schedule I drug, but does not control the cultivation of plants from which it can be derived, similarly to the legal gray area position of psychedelic plants like peyote or other mescaline containing cacti. Ayahuasca is known by many names throughout the northern South America basin in Brazil. Ayahuasca is the traditional spelling of the word. Says in Brazil, the brew and the Lana are informally called either Capé or Quipo, the letters for Portuguese for wood climbing vine. History. Evidence of ayahuasca use dates back at least 1,000 years, as demonstrated by a bundle containing the residue of ayahuasca ingredients and various other preserved shamanic substances in a cave in southwestern Bolivia discovered in 2010. In the 16th century, Christian missionaries from Spain first encountered indigenous western Amazonian basin South Americans using ayahuasca. Their earliest reports described it as the work of the devil in 1905. The active chemical cons- constituent of B. cape was named telepathine. But in 1927, it was found to be identical to a chemical already isolated from the Paganum harmea, and it was given the name harmine. Beat writer William S. Burroughs read a paper by Richard Evans Schultz on the subject, and while traveling through South America in the early 1950s, sought out ayahuasca, in the hopes that it could relieve or cure opiate addiction, ayahuasca became more widely known when the McKenna brothers published their experience in the Amazon: The True Hallucinations. Dennis McKenna later studied pharmacology, body and chemistry of ayahuasca, in which he became the subject of his master thesis. So, ayahuasca—the tea that I drink—is you can't just you can't just have the vine; you have to have uh, the chacruna leaves with it. So. If I understand it right let's see here um, I don't know what one contains the DMT one of them contains the DMT and the other one contains um, it contains the what is it molecule or the whatever's inside of it that makes it to where the DMT can pass through your blood-brain barrier because our body's already produced DMT, and I think, like, all foods and plants actually have DMT in it, but we're not affected by it unless we're sleeping in REM sleep or because that's wh- that's where we're producing it ourselves. And I think there's other ways you can do it, too, through bre- breath work and meditation and Reiki energy. and all- There's many other ways. So our body makes it, but if you were to take it, you can't just eat it because your body will will not allow it to go through the blood-brain barrier. So I think it just eats it up too fast or something. So you have to have, I think, the leaves. um, But don't quote me. It could be the vine. Either way, you have to have the ayahuasca vine and you have to have the leaves. And I don't know how they brew it, but they fucking brew it and they make a tea. And fuck, it's crazy. But it was also one of the most life-changing beneficial things I've ever done in my life to the point where I went like once a month for a couple months. And then I have, I haven't been since I believe it was like September. Yeah, I think September, maybe October No, September. And I'm feeling like I could go back, but I definitely needed some time off to integrate all of the information that I had, acquired it was it was insane so the reason why I think that this is so profound is because I'm someone who had a lot of trauma I mean not as much as some people but more than normal or more than what should be allowed and I tried many different ways to heal myself I have been to rehabilitation centers I have talked to counselors I have talked to therapists psychiatrists I've been to um, I've listened to podcasts. I've signed up for like different uh, men's groups. I've read books. I've I've pretty much done every single thing that I could possibly think of to heal myself. And although a lot of them did work in many ways, I always just still had this problem that I didn't even really know what it was or how. How it affected me until I actually went and did an ayahuasca ceremony. So I was hesitant for a while. I was worried about, I don't know, black magic or demons attaching themselves to me or coming back worse than I originally started. I just had all these fears and these excuses really of why I shouldn't do it. And finally I was like, look many 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 people have taken this for thousands and thousands of years away from western culture it's completely natural it's it's mother nature put mother nature put those plants here and if there truly is spirits in the plants and it allows you to connect to higher consciousness or you know whatever they call mother aya and it is beneficial then what do you have to lose And I was at the point where I had gone through every option and I felt like, okay. And I was interested in it too. I had taken mushrooms before. I've done many things growing up. And so I'm not like a stranger. However, I'm an adult and I have like kids and a wife and I'm not doing those things. But I didn't look at it as like a recreational thing. I was doing it solely to better myself. As Andy Frisella says, to pursue personal excellence and whether that's your way or the right way or the wrong way, I don't know who's to say that. However, I did it and it was, it was, I shouldn't say the experience was fantastic, but what I gained from it was well worth it. The juice was absolutely worth the squeeze. So for anyone who wants to know what it was like, For me, it was like going to some type of therapy or counselor of soul searching for like a hundred years. That's the only thing I can think of is like, it would have took me a hundred years to figure out what the problem was. And it, I was shown instantly. I was shown for one, my third chakra was closed, which I didn't know. And I didn't know that my heart was, was closed off. And that was a very eye-opening experience And I also didn't realize how my actions and my words and my behaviors imprint on others And I realized that they absolutely do in every way, shape, or form And so therefore, because I was shown that I was the sword And I'll get into that a little bit more in the podcast or you can go to endless endeavor podcast and look me up. I did ayahuasca one and ayahuasca two. I have no idea what episodes they are, but that's on the endless endeavor podcast with Greg Anderson. And then on my podcast, I've talked about it a little bit, but long story short, I was shown that I was a sword with no sheath and I was cutting people and cutting people that I loved and didn't mean to and strangers who were just walking by and admiring me. And I know that probably seems absolutely ludicrous to, <laughs> to people who are listening, but in the moment when I was having this vision, it made absolutely perfect sense. And I started bawling. I started crying because I realized that I had hurt. And I had hurt so many people without me actually intentionally doing it. And it's one thing for me to set out to fucking hurt somebody. It's completely different to, accidentally hurt people who you who don't deserve to be hurt all the time and it's like I just I just can't figure out how a human could have relayed this to me because if I truly believe that at that point in time if you would have sat me down and someone said this to me I probably would have just told them to go fuck themselves and I'm serious I would have said go fuck yourself you have no idea who I am you don't know what I fucking stand for you don't know anything about me so and there's no problem. I know how to love. I have a wife. I know how to love. I have kids. I have friends. I have, I have passions. I have goals. I have dreams. I know what love is. And it's like, there's just no fucking way for me to ever know what I know now had I not drinking the tea. So I am forever grateful for the plants that mother nature has given us. I am forever grateful for the knowledge that I've acquired after deciding that I was going to have a relationship with these plants. And the knowledge continues to pour in all the time. A lot of people ask me how I how I know so much or how how I seem so wise for being as young as I am. And I don't have the answer for that. I'm like, dude, literally I mean, it was before the plant ceremony that this was this was a thing. But really in the last like year, man, the information that just comes to me, it's like I don't fucking know where this came from, but it's legit and i'm gonna i'm gonna send it so here we are on the podcast doing full sends getting awesome people to join um so yeah let's get on with the podcast let's get on with the show and you guys can hear what the shaman himself kevin dodson has to say about this old plant of ours Hey guys, before we start the podcast, I want to give a huge shout out to NFS company out in Colorado Springs. They had their fucking grand opening, and now you can go in the store and check out all of their cool shit. Remember, they got firearms, they got ammo, they got optics, tactical gear, suppressors, you name it, they have it. Not only that, they can find the rare shit. For instance, I got my Glock 19 FDE from them, and it's kind of hard to come by. They found it, had it to me in two days. That's amazing. I'm all the way up in Washington, and they're in Colorado, so you can't fucking beat that. On top of that, anyone looking for preparedness for firearms training, they got a private range out there with a badass 10th Group Special Forces instructor. I don't know if you guys know, but finding people with that expertise is kind of hard to come by these days. So get on top of that. Go to www.nfsshootingsupply.com, or you can find them on Instagram, At NoFuckingSlack.co On their Instagram is where you can find their schedule. If you're interested in anything, make sure that you support American Made Shit, guys. This is how we're going to change the world. No fucking slack. What's up guys? We're live and I am here with my shaman. Is that what I'd call you, Kevin? Yeah, sure. That's okay. That works. Okay. So I finally got to have a podcast with him and sit down and we're here at the retreat and he just got done doing his thing and I I wanted to catch him before he headed back to California. Yeah. So Here for a limited time. Uh, it's, it's really awesome and I think we should just start off with who are you? Where you grew up, and sure. we'll get to this point right now.
1: The story, the history. Yeah, the history. Me. So, uh, yeah, well, my name's Kevin, and I am, how old am I now? Like 55, I guess. Okay. Uh, so I grew up in Southern Oregon, um, you know, graduated high school back in the mid-80s. Uh, pretty much an all-American upbringing, you know, living in, uh, you know, small-town America. Yeah. And... Um, you know, for those younger members of your audience, that was right at the height of the Cold War, right? So it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that we were going to be fighting the Soviets at some point. And so, you know, it just seemed like a lot of, uh, you know, kind of American patriotism, spirit, that kind of thing. So I went right from uh, high school into West Point. Okay. And so I was there for four years, uh, graduated, was commissioned lieutenant, went into the Army, Um, And I was in the Army for, you know, about five years uh, before I got out. Um, And during that time, I did a lot of fun stuff, you know, that that young men want to (laughs) do. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I came in at a time right between. uh, I missed both the Gulf Wars, which at the time I was, you know, thought was a big loss. But uh, looking back on it, I'm super glad that I didn't have to go through that.
0: Yeah, no shit.
1: Um, So, yeah. So I came in between Gulf 1 and Gulf 2, you know, did the typical Army thing. I was an armor officer. I... Uh, you know, ranger qualified, went to ranger school, went to airborne school, Assault school and stuff. And so I had a really good you know, experience and was part of the 82nd airborne uh, for a number of years. So um, then I got out, I realized I didn't, you know, didn't know why, but I just wasn't being called to continue in that particular line of work um, for a variety of reasons. And, ma- and one of the main ones being like the cold war ended, you yeah. know, so no one really knew what to do. So it was a, uh, it was a weird time in America, you know, like your major enemy just disappeared. And so now, you know, how do you, and you've really been kind of organizing your society to uh, take that on. So really from the late 90s when the whole thing collapsed until kind of mid 90s, there was a little bit of, you know, I think wandering around from the military um, until, you know, Gulf Two kicked off. Yeah. So anyway, so I left that, I went to business school, got my MBA, went to Wharton, um, which was the top business schools, it still is. And from there, went right into corporate America and then was there for, you know, moved out to Silicon Valley, um, caught the internet startup, you know, revolution. This would have been circa kind of late 90s. Okay. And then just really pursued a career in internet startups for, you know, uh, 20 years, basically. Um, had some ups and downs, you know, minor successes, nothing major. Um, and then I found myself living down in Silicon Valley, and it was probably early, um, when would this have been? Maybe two thousand you know, seven, two thousand and eight probably. And I was just really I'd had a business a couple of business failures and I was just just tired of it all. You okay. know, and I just could not you know, whatever money I had I'd spent on uh, other startup stuff. And I was just like soul weary is the way I describe it. And so yeah, this would have been yeah, uh you know, late early yeah, late two thousand two thousand tens, you know, mm-hmm. two thousand eight, something like that. Anyway, so floundering around for a while, um then I decided uh, and I, I was super depressed and super anxious, and I just could not pull myself out of this anxiety, this depression that I was in. Were
0: you drinking or taking pills or anything like that? No, nah, no pills, certainly drinking. Yeah, um,
1: But more just, you know, it was kind of like a functioning depressant, you know, I was just like trying to get the energy going, um, you know, drinking like 20 cups of coffee a day kind of thing. I guess caffeine and kind of stimulants were... Uh, were more of my thing back in the day, but the uh, the just the re- realization was I have to I had to do something. I just was not feeling good. Yeah, and we talked about this a little bit before um, before we signed on. Of just there's this epidemic of people you just don't feel good. Yeah, and how do you define that? You know, um, you know, do you need to be exuberant and happy all the time? No, you know, that's not realistic. Um, but you also know if you're just not feeling good, and if you're just not feeling good you know, it's really hard to get on top of the challenges that this life is going to throw at you. Absolutely. You know, and I've come to to realize that now more as an energetic and kind of a soul issue um, more than anything else. And, you know, I think that that you experience some of that. Um, So so I didn't really understand that's what was going on, you know. Um, And then I had some connections, kind of friends of friends of friends who had some experience. um, And they had some friends going down to a retreat center down in uh, Peru. Yep. Uh, to to do an ayahuasca retreat center down there. So I went down to an awesome retreat center called new way round. I would recommend they're still around doing a great work, recommend that to anybody out there. And I was there for a couple of weeks and it just really blew my mind as to, you know, uh, it's like for the first time I realized, Hey, there is something else going on here, not just a material world, you know, and it's real and it's experiential. Yeah. And, know, at, at different times in these experiences, you, you get thrust into what I would call like ultra reality, which is much more refined and defined than this reality. Um, and then, you know, you kind of come back, you come down off of your journey, and you're back, you know, back in your body, back in the back in this three dimensional reality. And then folks are like, yeah, but you know, how do you know you weren't just hallucinating or, you know, uh, who's to say that reality is more than this reality. And I liken that to thinking about it like when you're dreaming, when you're asleep and dreaming, you know, you don't know there's a higher reality, i.e. this reality we're in right now until you wake up.
0: right? Yep. And
1: then you're like, oh, okay. I was dreaming. Things were foggy. It was confusing. You know, uh, now I'm here in this reality, you know, physics works, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I'm more awake. Things are clear. There's a, there's a kind of a, a linear kind of idea around time in this world, in this reality kind of thing. Well, the same thing, right? Once you, once you, um, you know, take some hallucinogenics, you get into a place of ultra reality, you know, whether it's psilocybin or whether it's ayahuasca or whether it's, you know, it could be anyone, anyone of the cactus family, you know, there, there, you can get out there and then you just wake up into a reality that's far more real than this reality. Yeah. And then when you come back down and you come back in, you realize, oh, that was more, I know that was more real than this. And this feels very sleepy, and kind of very gross and very like, you know, not, not gross, like bad, just like very... You know, it's like, I liken it to that old game Sim City. you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, where you're, you know, or you have these little people you're moving around and you feed them and, you know, they do stuff. Uh, but it's a simulation, right? It's a, it's a simple simulation of this reality we live in. And so, you know, I think at least the way I'm thinking about it now, this is basically a simulation that we're in yeah. and it's a simplified version of that bigger reality.
0: Of whatever the big one is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and there are many ways of getting there. I think you can. Meditation, right? Yeah, I think the, certainly the Buddhists are onto something. Um, uh, you know, breath work. There are many non kind of ethogenic ways of getting uh, to that space, um, but you know, this is a pretty popular way of doing it because it's a kind of a, a sure thing. You know, oh, <laughs> you are gonna, you are gonna, whether you want to or not, you are gonna gonna head in the rabbit hole.
0: That's it. That it's definitely, you know, I've done breath work, which yeah. I've heard, you know. Due to the certain breath work and the breathing, that you would release a little bit of DMT, yeah, and you know, all these things. Which, sure, I've heard uh, you know, I've done ice baths and cold plunges, yeah, I've done meditation, which I'm terrible at. I end up just usually falling asleep or thinking about what I need to do, yeah, I need to do better at meditation, yeah. But so far, for me personally, none of those, even they're not even like on the same plane as drinking that tea yeah
1: yeah Yeah. no no for sure and uh yeah and and so I found myself kind of living this conventional life of what the world says is a success you know getting to a place where I wasn't happy I just didn't feel good um and for the first time again I was thinking about oh I could see killing myself like I was so miserable you're like you know when you're feeling good you're like oh how could you ever think about doing that but when you're feeling really bad you're just like look there's just not enough juice to squeeze any, I'm just beat, you know, yeah. and I got no place to go. And you think about like, you know, the, the horrible kind of rise in suicide rates, you know, among, uh, you know, our military professional, uh, especially folks coming back from war. And this is just that same fatigue. They're just not feeling good. And like I said, I've come to realize that as more of an energetic and a soul issue, uh, not so much a biochemical issue. And so we're treating it the way we are through kind of the allopathic, you know, uh, uh, you know, medical community, antidepressants, and anxiolytics, and all this kind of stuff. Um, but that's just masking the symptoms to some degree, if, yeah. it's, if it's even doing that, right? Yeah. It's not addressing the soul issue, you know. So I kind of ran across this. I went into Peru, did this thing, and it was just clear to me that I was kind of thinking about things wrong, and I and I felt so much better after releasing all of this crap from my childhood, you know, from past lives, you know. And I didn't really believe any of this stuff going down there, you know. I was pretty much kind of not quite atheist, agnostic, didn't really know. I was raised a conservative Christian, so Mm -hmm. I'd I'd seen that whole thing. Yeah. And realized that really stopped making any sense for me, you know, kind of 15, 16, 17. Yeah. Um, And so I was just kind of, really didn't have a spirituality. So I did the experience, and then I came back and was like, okay, there's something here for sure, and I really need to, I need to uh, find out what's going on, you know, with me. Yeah. And, i I'm you know, also a curious person, so you're just like, really, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. You know, you're all of a sudden you realize, hey, I'm like a human being walking around, you know, and you have an experience that gets you out of that. You get a new perspective. You're like, okay, I've had this amazing perspective, many experiences now. Like, what's really going on? Which, <laughs> what am I supposed to be doing here? Yeah. You know, I feel better now. I feel like I've just dumped 100 pounds of energy weight of trauma from childhood, all kinds of stuff, you know? And I think I had a relatively reasonable childhood, but just, you know, it's hard to get through any kind of childhood. Just just the trauma of being born. Yeah. You know, I've been shown this on many of my journeys of just coming in, right? You're on the other side. And it really is, it kinda reminds me of that, you know, the old movie Terminator with Arnold Schwarzenegger when he kind of enters into, you know, the Matrix or whatever. He, you know, he comes back in time, you know, he just kinda like, you know, lands <laughs> basically <laughs> in like the middle of New York or something. And he's all steaming, you know, and he's all greasy, just like, oh, you know, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. So I feel like that when you're, when you're on the other side, you come in and you just get injected into this matrix, um, you know, and, and your soul, uh, you know, you become embodied as a fetus, right? Yeah. And right when you become animated, it's a huge shock to your system because you go from the other side where you have many more dimensions of knowledge and then you get injected into <laughs> this reality. And all of a sudden you're a little baby monkey, yeah. you know, in a womb, you know, and you're just like, you're in time and you're in space. And these are things that we all take for granted, this linear notion of time and time and space are connected, right? We know that. Um, and so we take this for granted, but oftentimes on the other side or different realities, you just realize, well, this reality frame is very particular and time is a very particular you know, facet of this reality frame, time and space. And so coming from the other side where there's no time and space into time and space, you know, uh, you just, it's, it's, a, it's a shock to the system. No matter what your plans are coming in, I do think that, you know, we come in for all kinds of reasons. Yeah. Um, main one being evolution of your consciousness. Something about being embodied as a human in this 3D reality um, is really good for your, the evolution of your soul. And something around, you know, um, being in a linear timeline allows you to understand cause and effect more, right? You're also very localized, right? You're stuck into this human, mm-hmm. this, this uh, called like the monkey, the monkey robot, you know. And you know the monkey robot, it's it's had millions of years of evolution to get to where it is now. And it's very good at survival. And it runs itself pretty much. Yeah, I mean, you got to stick food in it. But other than that, like you don't control your breathing. You don't control your heart rate. You don't control the millions of metabolic processes that are going on uh, to keep you alive. It heals itself. You know, you get a cut, break your leg, whatever. Um, it's a pretty good robot. Yeah. You know? And I think a lot about that of just how when the soul comes in, you got to get to know your robot and that's the process of growing up. But nobody tells you that, right? Nobody positions it that way. You just, all you know is you're, you're a human and this is all that you are. Yeah. So having any of these experiences where you get out of yourself and you have a change of perspective, you just realize, Hey, there's actually this eternal soul thing that I really am. And this is what all the spiritual traditions are getting at. Right. Right. You, know, you are the soul, you are the, I am. And then, you know, you are basically riding around in this monkey suit, this vehicle. Um, and you're here to play the game, you know, you're to do something, um, you're here to have a good time. You know, I think we're here for the experience. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not sure if the soul cares so much if, you know, you're getting flogged or if you're, you know, having a great time. I think it's really here for the experience. Yeah. Uh, eh, but your soul is also here to learn stuff. Yeah. And you think about that, of like, well, you know, what are you learning? Well, you know, it's kind of leaning again on all the spiritual tr- traditions. Everyone says the same thing, like, be more heart-centered, right? Do unto others, the golden rule, you know? Uh, be kind, be helpful, yep. right? And these are, uh, you know, the basis of all kind of good morality, human morality, but they're also, it's really built into the system to get you, like, to feel good, you have to be more heart-centered. You have to be generating good feelings, you know, to feel good as a person. And it's hard. It's hard to love uh, in the face of pain or in the face of threat, you know, because the monkey is so programmed to survive. Yeah. You know, it really wants to survive at all costs. And it's really hard to maintain that kind of heart-centeredness, you know, during that, uh, you know, when, the, <laughs> when your monkey is in a fight-or-flight mode, you know.
0: Yeah. So when you were in Peru and you, you drank ayahuasca for the first time, yeah. was it a certain tribe
1: Yeah, so there's a a couple of, you know, you think about, um, you know, ayahuasca use in, let's say, the states now, and it really comes from a couple of places. Um, It comes from some of the the indigenous tribes in the Amazon, Mm -hmm. uh, the Shipibo and the Quechua, Mestizo, Yawanawa, a couple of tribes. Um, And they have their traditions that run back thousands of, you know, thousands of years, arguably. And they're different? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. They've all kind of evolved differently. They're all kind of upper Amazonian tribes where, where, um, the ayahuasca vine is found. And, it, uh, you know, um, and, and, you know, who knows if it was discovered separately or the same? You know, I don't know. It's been lost to time, but but they all have their own traditions. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you had a couple of Brazilian churches that actually made it up to America kind of back in the 70s, I think, in the 80s. You have the um, Santo Daime Church, which was a church uh, out of Brazil, and it kind of combined Portuguese Catholicism with um, some of the, uh, you know, medicine... The uh, like indigenous medicine rituals to create their own little their own their own kind of a church, and there are Santo Daime churches around, you know, the West Coast particularly, but they're all around America. Mm-hmm. And there's another Brazilian church called the UDV Church, which is very similar. It's a Brazilian church. I think it was formed in the '60s, whatever, in Brazil, and then there there are different, uh, you know, uh, churches up here in America. So really, you know, as it's practiced here, it's either coming like the traditions and Um, how to do it are coming up from either those indigenous tribes or else coming from those Brazilian churches who are here. Okay.
0: Okay. So then you did your ayahuasca and you came back. Yeah. I came
1: back and, you know, I knew that I had this paradigm shifting. I just felt better. Yeah. I was like, great. This is a path uh, to feeling better, but it's not easy as you've experienced, right? Mm -hmm. Like changing your own energetic structure is uh it can be very difficult work and it takes a long time it can you know like you just realize between your uh you know your personality your psychology your uh you know the the those codes that programming runs very very deep within you and it's you're being programmed from the time you're like i said the time you animate your fetus you know pre-birth you're being you're being conditioned and being programmed yeah so it's unwinding some of those unhealthy programs, you know, take, takes a while. So I, you know, came back early 2010s, I guess. Um, And then, you know, was still doing Silicon Valley entrepreneur thing, Um, you know, joined a couple more startups and just kind of did that whole thing, but just really was not that satisfied with what I was doing. I could just tell I like, this is not really where I belong. But at the time, you know, my ego was still driving towards making money, you know, having that, having that big payoff at some point. And so I was really kind of willing to sacrifice it all still for that, but it's just really, again, I could feel myself slipping back into that um, place of unhappiness. Uh, at the same time, I knew I needed to, or I wanted to continue to do the medicine work. And so I looked around um, at that point in time, there weren't a lot of opportunities to do it in the States. So I was getting ready to go back to Peru. And I uh, you know, ran across the local uh, medicine church that I then joined and was doing work with um, and just, you know, over the years, ended up percolating up, started to do some helping, some assisting, and then became a minister in the church, you know, about three or four years ago, I guess, maybe more, five years ago. Yeah. And again, this is a work I never intended on doing, and now I'm basically doing, splitting my time. Uh, you know, half of my time is doing um, work for this, uh, as, as a minister, basically, right, in the medicine church. Yeah. And I also have another... Um, tech startup I'm doing on the side around energy. Uh, we're in stealth mode, so I'm not going to talk that much about that. But, um, you know, it took a lot to go from, you know, decent Silicon Valley salary to, you know, giving it all up and then and kind of chasing these two, um, uh, you know, these two jobs, if you call them that, which aren't very remunerative right now. <laughs> but at some point you got to take that leap, right? So in your, you know, and this is, you know, kind of mix things up a little bit. But as you do this work, what you begin to uncover is your soul, right? You begin to come back into your body. And this is is what I would describe it to people, and I see it all the time now in the work, is that, you know, most of us through trauma, this life, past life, whatever, you end up basically out of your body. Like your soul, pieces of your soul break off, and you're just really not here. Once you can clean out your energetic system, you can then kind of reoccupy your body, right? And then once you're back here, you are much more plugged in to your soul coming through your heart.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, there's a lot to unpack there, but it's particularly difficult in our culture because as men, we're trained to basically be unfeeling from the get-go. Yep. Right. Yep. So you turn off the valve of your heart energy immediately. Right. Yep. Grade school, whatever. You know, yep. toughen up, whatever. I can remember I was in third grade playing football. You know, tackle football, whatever. And uh, we lost a game. It was third graders, you know. It's like you barely barely figure out how to play the game. Yep. We lost a game, we're on the sidelines, and one of my friends' dads like took a nickel out of his pocket and threw on the ground. <laughs> and he's like, That's how much you guys are worth right now, you know, right? <laughs> yeah. So you just from a very young age, you're like trained, you know, how to behave, you know. Yeah. And feeling your emotions is not one of those things. So you all learn we all learn to bypass that. So that's not the way that human beings are made to function. You know, it's not the way the soul is made to function. Mm-hmm. And you can tough it out through your 20s, probably and your 30s, you know, but the time you hit like 40, most men are in like a soul crisis because they've just turned themselves off so much and they don't know how to turn themselves back on again. Yeah. They know something's wrong. They're not feeling good. They're not behaving properly. They kind of know that, but there's really no understanding of what's going on. That's creating that. That was me. Yeah. Yeah. And so that leads to what? Alcoholism. You know, beating your wife, beating your kids, whatever. Yeah, yeah all, whatever all, craziness. All, all the ills. You know, shooting shooting up the Walmart, whatever. Yeah. Like, all the craziness is fucking happening. fucking crazy. Yeah, and this is this toxic masculinity that has really gotten traction, yep. you know, here, here in our culture. And it's, uh, you know, it's it's needs to be addressed, you know. And I think a lot about that as working with folks here, even myself, of like, how do you go from, it took me a decade to really open up my heart and to come back into my body and be like, oh, now I'm finally here. Like, I had to get through a lot of, work through a lot of stuff. And then what you realize is once you come back into your heart, is there's this whole other information system that is related to your, I'm going to talk about your heart. I'm talking about your spiritual heart, right? Yeah. Your heart, like the middle of your chest. So we all have this energetic system, and a simplified version of that is just like the seven chakras, you know? And I used to think that was kind of like foofy new age craziness, you know, or maybe metaphorical whatever. But doing this work, I really learned that, no, man, like, as you manifest, you know, look, we're in this giant simulation, right? How do you manifest your soul energy into this, you know, monkey robot? Well, it comes through these chakra points, these chakra systems. So whether it's your, and, you know, you have seven big ones, right? The root chakra is the base of your spine.
0: Second, yeah, why don't
1: you Why don't you go through them real quick? Yeah, I'll talk about it. So, so the root chakra is the base of your spine. Uh, your second chakra is um, your sacral chakra. It's like two inches below your belly button. Um you know, your your third chakra is right around your uh, solar plexus. Your fourth chakra is your heart. Fifth chakra is your throat. Your uh, sixth chakra is your third eye, middle of your forehead, and your fourth chakra is the top of your top of your head, your crown. And some might say there are other chakras that go up, but those are the main ones in the body, and they're kind of split. So the heart is in the center, and then your higher chakras really are pulling energy from above, and your lower chakras are there are your the chakras that are help, helping you manifest into this reality, and they all are doing different things. So they're all, and again, this is my own kind of conception of what's happening. And I should preface all this by saying that whenever you're talking about any kind of spiritual truth, um, you know, I f- kind of forget who did this. I heard this from this guy, um, Ajashanti, the spiritual teacher, talked about, you know, any spiritual truth is just the finger pointing at the spiritual truth, you know, and not to confuse the finger pointing with the actual truth. Because mm-hmm. the actual truth cannot, you know, can't be spoken. You know, we're stuck here in the simulation. We have words. We use them. We're humans. This is the way we understand stuff. But once you get out of this, you just realize that, you know, that's a very limited limited thing, <laughs> right? So everything I'm saying now, these are just ideas, um, not the capital T truth, but like small t truth, or just ways of thinking about things because we are human. We are in these bodies. We have these brains. So it's just ways of thinking about things to make it easier, kind of thought ideas or thought forms or thought models to help you understand what's going on. Because so they've, they've, you know, things I've evolved to help me understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're talking about the chakra system. So, and it's really, if the system is not working properly, you're not flowing in these parts of your soul that you need to flow into feel good, right? So every seven chakra points, and each one of them is giving you some soul energy of a, of a certain kind. So coming in, let's say, through your root chakra, what's coming in there? The root chakra is really grounding you here into this 3D reality, And if you're feeling you have an open root chakra, it's working properly. You're feeling things like the universe is helping me. You know, I, I, I I, supposed to be here. Um, I have everything I need. I can survive. You know, I have the support of my family. Like it's basically survival. You feel like I can survive. Yeah. If that chakra is not working, damaged, whatever blocked, you just never feel like you can survive. And I know when I started to feel anxious. I realized a lot of my anxiety back in the day was because, my root chakra was closed, you know, and no amount of money, no amount of, you know, bunkers in your backyard are going to make you feel good. Like you can survive if your root chakra is closed. So you can be the richest dude in the world with a closed root chakra. You st- you're still going to feel like you're vulnerable. Yeah. You can be, you know, homeless dude living on the train tracks with a, you know, root chakra that's firing and you're going to feel like the world's your oyster and the universe gives you everything you need. Yeah. Blackberries grow right behind you. Yeah, you got yeah. I got a half eaten cheeseburger here. Yeah. Perfect, you know. So it's nothing. It's very. It's not really that much to do with your material conditions on the outside. It's everything to do with the energy you're flowing through your system. Yeah. Second chakra, right? Life force energy, desire. Right. Sometimes it's like the sexual chakra. It's sexual desire, but it's more broadly creativity, desire, life force energy. You know. So if you're feeling like you have little desire. You know, of course, you have a little stre- sex drive. You're just not feeling like you have a lot of joie de vivre or whatever. Mm-hmm. Second chakra issues. Third chakra is around self-esteem and personal power. Negative self-talk, right? Low self-esteem, you know? Um, all of these things are symptomatic of just a, a third chakra that's not working properly. And these can also be working, you know, there's the, there's the weak part of those They can also be working, though, in a, in a toxic fashion, right? So if the third chakra is still not working properly, but you're projecting through it, that can lead to, like, domination you know, uh, kind of bad, you know, being right, a bad false boss.
0: False legend. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Just being a dick, yeah, you know, exactly. whatever. This
1: kind of, you know, projecting your power over your family or over, you know, being a bully, right. Yep. That can come out of the third chakra. So these are all the lower chakras attach you to this reality. Your heart is the center, right? This is why so much, you know, information comes into the heart chakra because it's linking, you know, heaven to the earth. So your heart chakra, middle of your chest, and that's really flowing in high heart energy, the energy of universal love, you know, um, not to be confused with kind of human romantic, you know, monkey love, yeah. you know, they, they can feel the same, but it's just a different quality. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's the, it's the best feeling. And really, I think this kind of universal love thrown through the heart chakra is the basis for all good feeling. Yeah. If you don't have this flowing, you're just not going to feel good. And so when I'm kind of going back to the earlier piece, which is when, if you're just walking around, not feeling good, it's because your heart is closed. And you don't even know it. You'd be like, oh, no, I have emotions, or I get happy or sad. You know, I'm like, yeah, but it's different. Emotions are different than having that heart chakra open and flowing in that high heart energy into your system. And you've experienced that, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so you go from, like, you know, not understanding what you're missing to all of a sudden that thing turns on, and it's like a furnace. And you're, yeah. just like, you're just like, I remember mine turned on. I was probably doing work. You yeah, had little glimpses of it. It would kind of like, I think of it like a valve. I think of all these chakras like a valve, you know. And you just open the valve a little bit and be like, ah, wow, that felt really good. What was that? You know, ah, that felt really good. And over time, you just get better at keeping that valve open and just flowing more of that high heart energy through your your fourth chakra. So that's kind of, you know, really uh, the gas that's driving the whole system in terms of feeling good here. And then as you're going up, throat chakra, right? This is all about speaking your truth, you know, how you're communicating, articulating. And it's not just the mechanisms of language, but it really is like, you know, it's right above your heart chakra, you know? So it's taking an in information from your heart chakra, your other chakra points, and it's trying to articulate that to yourself or other people. Sometimes, you know how you go through sometimes and you're in your head, spin, 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 and you talk to somebody for two seconds and you just articulate something to them that you were still kind of confused about. Right. Yeah. That to me is your throat chakra kicking in and it's kind of informing you, you know, Hey, this is actually, what you're doing or this is how to solve this problem or whatever. Yeah. It's a really weird mechanism. <laughs> it you is. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. It's super cool. Right. It's really cool. I, remember I used to go to the whiteboard and just like whiteboard to myself because getting it out that way, talking myself through this, you know, you could kind of come to, to some solve some problems, but anyway, uh, moving up then to your third eye, right? This is the right side of your forehead. So it's really about your mind. It's about seeing the unseen, all of your thoughts, of course, projections into the future. Um, you know, um, yeah. Pathways for the future, all coming out of the third eye intuition oftentimes i mean i mean all the chakras are kind of giving intuitions at, of different types right depending on what they are but we i think we most associate like kind of you know brain intuition coming out of your third eye or your third eye and finally the crown which hooks you up into kind of the universe the oneness um and that's really the you know the highest energy that's really really uh, connecting you then into the astral plane so anyway all this, these systems work together so if you're Chakra system, energy system is not working properly. You just you just don't have these things. So if your heart is closed, you're not flowing in that high heart energy, that love. You, it's really hard to feel good. I mean, you can have, you know, you can like spike your serotonin, spike your dopamine, and feel good for a little bit. And this is, I think, what a lot of the anti-anxiety and antidepressants are doing. They're kind of using biochemical tricks to, to make you feel better. But if that heart's not open, you're never going to solve the problem. Right. Likewise, if your root is closed, you're never going to feel you know like you can survive all the above. So for me, I know that when I'm feeling anxious, my root chakra is is something's wrong. It's blocked, it's closed, whatever. And if I'm feeling depressed, I can trace it right back to my, to my heart and say, Oh, my heart is, that valve is closed. You know? And I would say for a long time, I think of it like, you know, it's like a spring valve, you know, and it would spring closed. So I would have to open it up and kind of (laughs) keep it open and it would shut and keep it open a little longer. It would shut, you know, And it's really like a lifetime of practice to keep that thing open so it just stays open and you're flowing this energy through your system. So I think some of the great sages of the world, you know, Christ, Buddha, all the big guys, um, you know, they were flowing in all their energy. They were completely embodied. You know, they were flowing in, you know, enough soul energy where they could basically change the vibration of the planet.
0: Yeah. They call it Christ energy, right? Christ energy.
1: And most people I work on now are walking around. I was the same way with like between 10 and 20% of your soul energy coming through into the system. Yeah. So you're kind of moving around, you're doing crazy things and you're wondering why, well, it's because the monkey's kind of running the show and the monkey's doing what it's programmed to do. And it's programmed through, you know, DNA and millions of years of evolution. It's programmed to survive in the way it knows how, right? As you begin to open up your chakra system, flow more of your soul energy, kind of clear out some of that past, past uh, trauma and, or, or trauma and past karma, you know, your soul begins to start to work the levers of your life. And that's why things look a lot different. And so when that happened for me, what happened? Well, I went from being, you know, the startup Silicon Valley corporate guy to all of a sudden now I'm doing, you know, shaman work, soul work, basically. And this is something my soul wanted to do. I mm-hmm. mean, my ego still wants to be a Silicon Valley entrepreneur, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. That's what the ego wants. Absolutely. But the soul is like, no, this is, this, this is your path to do. And that became very clear. I mean, I fought it for a long, long time, yeah. you know, because the ego, again. And I think the the you know, the masculine, getting kind of back to this toxic masculinity, the masculine ego can be very, uh, very firm. Yeah. Very fuck, rigid, yes. right? Yeah. And You think about why that is. And, and and oftentimes I work with women as well. And, um. you know, women, their ego is not quite as firm or fixed, right? Particularly if they're mothers, you know, they're a little mm-hmm. bit more permeable. I think you have to be, right, to be able to, to take in the needs of, of account of others. The nurture, yeah, the nurturing part, yeah. Yep. So if you're not wired that way, and and you know, we use kind of masculine, feminine, men and women. And I, you know, there there is certainly a biological difference, right? But there's also temperamental differences too, and so, you know, you can you can be a more masculine oriented female. Just as you can be a more kind of feminine oriented male. Yeah, yeah, we we share sure. that energy within yeah. us. Whatever it is, the yin and yang, right? That's that's kind of uh, another way to put it right mm-hmm. yin energy being more nurturing you know yang energy being more uh, well just it's like the actual act itself right like yang is more penetrative yeah. and yin is more receptive you know and that's the way you know that's the way it works right yeah so this yang energy and that's super useful right for doing masculine stuff you know uh, protecting the tribe yep right doing the hard stuff like chasing the mastodon, you know, yep. riding the saber tooth tiger or whatever, yeah. whatever you're trying to do. Right. Yeah. And when I think about that, I think a lot about, you know, the ability for the masculine to compartmentalize. And this is something that, you know, I haven't heard a lot of people talking about. And to be honest, I haven't done a ton of the research into the, into the science part of it, but I do kind of, you know, uh, understand that the, you know, the female brain, the male brain, they have, different levels of connectivity within the actual brain itself. And, and and I've heard other studies saying that's not true. I don't know, but, but certainly it's true. You can, you can see it in practice, which is men can get very compartmentalized. Yeah. Like, you know, you're a welder. You're like, I'm welding this thing. I'm just right here welding this thing. I'm not doing my taxes. I'm not thinking about the kids. I'm not thinking about the wife. I'm not thinking about, I mean, sometimes you daydream, but really you're just like, I'm here doing this thing.
0: Yeah.
1: And you can sit there and do that thing for a long time. And then, when you're not doing that thing, you got to kind of come up and you got to change context and do something else, whatever. Um, well, this allows you to be very compartmentalized, but there's this kind of pathological compartmentalization that I think is toxic masculinity in that, you know, you get drilled in so much, you don't know how to come back out of that. Yep. And you're just, I'm compartmentalized. And this is, I think, when I think about, uh, you know, vets coming home, you know, they're really compartmentalized so much they can't open their hearts back up. I see that. They're just stuck yep. and they know something's wrong. And you know, I think there's good intentions for the medical community to try to assist, but they don't realize it's not a brain disease, neurochemical, whatever it's, it's, it's a soul sickness. Yep. You know, it's a soul sickness.
0: Well, what do you think about this? This is, this is my thought when I, yeah. when you take an 18 year old kid who has yeah. really no idea what's going on in the world or who he is or anything yeah. and you strip him down and you build him up as a Fucking war machine, yeah. And you send them overseas and have them go kill bad guys, yeah. Boats, yeah. For however long, and then you bring them back and you put them into society, and you tell them to have a, a normal job. What do you? I guess to me, it's like, of course his soul's fucked up. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Of, well, and I and I,
1: I lived enough of that to recognize it, right? So I remember I was deployed to Panama on some training. There's a jungle warfare center down there. When I was in the service, and we were down there for a while doing um, reconnaissance, you know, scout training, whatever, um, fun stuff. And uh, I just remember going to Panama, and, like, you drive around, and, again, this would have been, like, uh, early 90s, you know, mid-90s, whatever, early 90s. And the place was, it was kind of a disaster, you know? Like, favelas and just miles of kind of um, shanty towns and poor people. And I'm like, wait a minute, we we attacked this place? Like, <laughs> we, like and we were patting ourselves on the back for, like, like talk about punching down. It's yeah. like the 49ers playing my like you know, elementary school yeah. football team. I'm he like dead horse. Yeah, I'm like what? And, and how did I feel so good about this? Is it like I remember it was in high school or something when that Panama thing went down? I forget exactly, but I was like, yeah, we got them, we got Noria, and like I'm looking now, I'm like, we should have been bombing them with money. You know, like what? What are we doing? What? What are we doing? What are we? What am I doing? Yeah. Um, and then once you kind of begin to. You know, so like I said, you're 18, you get programmed. By the time you hit about 24, 25, you to being like, well, maybe this is not really the way I want to spend my time. Mm-hmm. Particularly if you do any research into, you know, once you become, again, more mature, checking out like foreign policy and why we're doing this stuff and how all of it's just kind of nonsense. Yeah. You know, we all get trapped in like the good old days of World War Two, you know, where there was certainly a reasonable cause to go to war and all the other stuff. But since then... I can't track a single one of the wars that we fought that makes any sense. No. And then you're sitting there. The thing that I did not want to do at some point, I'm like, look, I don't want to be in a position where I'm killing poor brown people for no reason that I can, that anybody can articulate
0: to me or the reason they do articulate to me is completely obviously wrong. Yeah. And that's where moral and obey come into play. Right. Totally. When, when just because the top down ranks or your chief in command says, Hey, you're going to do this. When your heart yeah. says otherwise. Yeah. You know, well, that's that compartmentalization. Yeah.
1: And you're like, okay, I'm here. I'm doing the job. Take the orders. I'll do the thing. I'll compartmentalize. That is going to bite you in the ass. That, right? that
0: that loses a piece of your soul. I because,
1: think. Yeah. A piece of you breaks off and, yep. you, and you can't unwind that without doing soul work. And so you come back and I know that in the vet community, you know, we're seeing a lot of folks, um, interested in plant medicines, right? Because they're seeing relief. It's, they're getting soul relief. Yeah. And they're getting off all the other, uh, um, all the other meds they're on, and they're they're able to do that because they're bringing back
0: their soul. It's really like a soul retrieval mm-hmm. type of activity. I'm going to take a break really quick. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because I think that I need to delete a podcast or we're going to run out of space. Okay, yeah, sure. Okay, okay, we're back. And we're back. We're back. Okay, so we're talking about compartmentalization, yeah. coming back from war, all this different shit. Yeah, so, so how do you unwind that, right? So, and again, you think about
1: like, So, so the masculine is wired a certain way, right? You have this ability to focus and compartmentalize, which is important for all the reasons. We evolved this way for a reason. Um, And those traits are still important. Although as society modernizes, things get automated, like it's it's a little bit different now, Um, but the tendencies are still important. So uh, the question is, how do you, if you have to compartmentalize, and I would say back in the day when you were doing this and you were fighting wars and such, oftentimes it was to protect the tribe. It was like, it was for a reason. You're getting attacked Whatever. Yep. Even even if it wasn't a good reason, like we're going to attack them and take their, you know, women and cows or whatever. Yeah. It was still like a reason. Yeah. You know, as opposed to now, you're like, why are we bombing these people? They're like, well, uh, WMD. Yeah. Yeah, but they're, they're not near there. Now why are we here? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Regime change, we think. Or we're just here and the machine is working and it's chewing stuff up. And yep. Like, well, what's the end game?
0: Uh, I like, don't know. Yeah. Take it over. Yeah, <laughs> like...
1: Well, are we going to take the oil? No, 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 no. We're not here for the oil. I'm like, at least then you could be like, "Well, okay, we're stealing oil, but it's something as opposed to like, what? Are what we doing? is the reason? Yeah, right. And if you look at all of these, you know, when I was in the academy and West Point and other studies of of uh, insurgent warfare and counterinsurgency, you just realize popular insurgencies are impossible to win, basically. Uh, and everything we were, you know, you think about the Taliban. Look at Afghanistan.
0: Like, yeah. it's it was a popular insurgency, like. We're not going to win. You can't beat an idea. You can't bomb an idea out of existence. Yeah, it doesn't make, you know, <laughs> like I said,
1: even somebody back in the Vietnam War was like, you know, you could have given every one of the Vietnamese a million bucks or whatever the number was, $100,000, you know, for, for what that cost us. Uh, and that's the way to win friends to influence people, you know. So sure. instead of uh, spending the money we are, we should just, uh, you know, drop uh, pallets of money these places.
0: That's one of the things that Mother Aya taught me was mm. that I was like I said before, very angry. Yeah. But not knowing. Yeah. You know, and not knowing I didn't think I was angry. Yeah. Or I didn't know that I wasn't full of love. I thought I was. Yeah. And all these yeah. different things. And my solution was, you know, because my whatever behaviour or personality type is do jujitsu, I fight. Yeah. I'm a warrior. Yeah. So mine is just that let's yeah. just go f- fuck people up. Yeah. Th- that's the, that's yeah. how we're going to solve every problem. We'll just <laughs> fucking kill them. Well, one of the things that I had learned kind of was that let's say, I, let's say I did do that. Yeah. Okay. So then I, well, I kill off every single person on planet earth and then it's just me. Exactly. And now you're yeah. going to have a whole nother fucking problem. <laughs> so that's not the way. Yeah. And that, uh, once I realized that my heart was not open yeah. and that it was it did get opened I don't think that I can ever remember a time where where I actually felt that good and yeah. not and not for a reason. Yeah. Like yeah. I couldn't pinpoint it was all of a sudden yeah. like I don't know life's all of a sudden beautiful and for some reason I love people and I love plants and nature yeah. and before it's like I, I didn't give a fuck about any of
1: that. Yeah. No, no. It, it's a <laughs> night and day shift. I get it, man. Like, like that's exactly the way that I was, you know, I was just kind of like a machine going through life, you know, with my certain goals. And I just didn't have any empathy. Mm-hmm. Like I could kind of make it up. The brain could kind of manufacture how to behave, you know, you know, you should behave properly. So whatever. So, you know, you, you could kind of construct that for yourself. But one of the very first things that I was shown on my journeys was that they're like, dude, you don't really feel any emotions. You're you're thinking all of your emotions. You're thinking all of your feelings. Yeah, and that's not really the way you're supposed to operate. So once I began to feel stuff, I was just like, oof, you know, you know, it was just the system. My system was not, uh, you know, it was too clogged up. You know, so it took a quite a, quite a while to get through that process of just stripping down all of these uh, energetic blockages. You know, and that's and that's, you know, people are like, oh, what does that even you know, mean? it's just words used to describe like your system. It's your energetic system is not working properly. Something's wrong with it. And you need some assistance in fixing that.
0: So do you think that our body holds on to trauma and tragedy in a, not just a, uh, not just a physical form, for instance, let's take uh, a sexually abused woman, right? She was abused in a physical form. Yeah. But say it's been t- 10 years, no, whatever, yeah. whatever problems physically are all healed up and better. Yeah. Yeah. Is, does that mean that she's all better or is there imprinted energetic scars within there? Sure. Totally, totally. Yeah. That you energetic. can't see, yeah. you know, it's not yeah. a, it's not a, a physical thing, but it, there's clearly a fucking. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, a couple, you know, um, work from, uh, a guy named Gabor Mate on, on trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, book by, I forget who wrote it. it's called Body Keep Score, about that, of like, the your energetic system keeps this information, you know, and, and your body, like, the energetics are kind of at the top, and everything else is downstream. So your physical manifestation is downstream from the energetics, you know. So it all comes from the energy, let's say. So, again, you have these, you know, for simple model, these seven chakra points, uh, are flowing in the soul energy from the ethereal realms, wherever the other side is, into this, into your, you know, physical system and it's being created kind of an ongoing basis um, from the other side. So if you can change the energetics, that will change everything down in the physical, right? Cause it's upstream of it. Um, but there's a bi-directional flow, right? So you can change, you know, you can manipulate the physical and also you can change the energetics. That is seems to be a feature of the, of the whole system. So I know, uh, a lot of the work I do now is working on people physically and, and you know, if you, you're just touching into places and you're like, I don't know why it seems like you have a big chunk of something energetic here. And if I just like really work on this spot, you're going to have an you're going to purge, you know, you're going to poop, you're going to sweat, yeah. you're going to cry. like Some release is going to happen through you and you didn't even know, you know, you might not even know what it is. You know, sometimes you get information like you say, oh, that, you know, that was from a past life accident or that was from a this life or when I got kicked in the face when I was a kid, you know, whatever. Like sometimes you get that. Sometimes it just energy just goes out of your system and it's a mystery how that works. It's very alchemical, but you just
0: feel better. You're like, okay, I just feel better now. So the last time, last time that we had our ceremony or yeah. last time I had ceremony with you, yeah, you had moved something for, for yeah. the, f- that was Deep, deep in me that I had yeah. no idea was there. Yeah, and uh, I remember we were talking before that night. Yeah, and I had said like for some reason I don't ever purge yeah. the, the <laughs> typical way, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I shake yeah. and I I sweat and I cry and I have all these other yeah other ways, but I haven't like I want to look in the bucket yeah what what's, <laughs> what's going, on? going on in the yeah. bucket and you had started be, working be careful on nature. what you asked for right yeah <laughs> and, and that, i remember that. when you you had asked me do i want some energy work and i said yeah and i didn't you know i just thought it was going to be energy work but then yeah. you built something something was being built in me i'll never forget it was right here in my yeah solar plexus Yeah. and it got big enough to where I remember thinking like, dude, I'm going to fucking puke this thing up. (laughs) I'm going to do it. I'm going to grab my bucket and I'm going to get it out. And I remember you and I fucking, I got it out. And ever since that day, I swear I, I feel physically lighter. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. So what's happening? So your third chakra, right?
1: This is all around this kind of, you know, personal power, right? Whether it's good personal power in the form of self-esteem or it's negative in terms of bullying, whatever, like, it was all clogged up, you know, so yeah. clearing that out. And then whatever the magic of, of, of the medicine, you know, however, whatever the alchemical, I mean, it's amazing. You know, you end up purging and you're not, there's this idea that, oh, you're just purging the medicine itself. You know, it's noxious to your system perhaps. And it's like a biochemical thing or whatever. That's not what's happening. What's happening. It's energetic. Like yeah. it's, it's an energetic release in the form of a, 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 a vomit purge, you know, Oftentimes, you don't even vomit out or anything. That was it. I didn't. Yeah. You're nothing just, even came out. You're just retching
0: up energy. Yeah. Not even, not even like bile or spit. Yeah, just nothing. Yeah.
1: Air. Yeah. Yeah. And if you've done prep for ceremony properly, you don't have anything in your stomach anyway. You know, you have a little bit of medicine, right? Yeah. And that's not enough to, to, to yeah, nothing comes up. Nope. So you're like, what is that all about?
0: But it was as if and yeah. felt as if yeah. it was just a, a total Ralph, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's like the Ralph. Of a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 hard to describe until you've gone through it. But you're just once you've had it, you're like, and then you feel like, yeah, a hundred pounds lighter. You're like, I just lost such heaviness. Uh, inexplicable. It's a it's a mystery. And every time I do it, you know, like, you know, the mind, and again, the soul is upstream of the mind, right? So, you know, the, uh, you know, your your soul is, you know, you are not your mind. You're not your body. You're not your emotions, right? You're the soul, and you're in here. And all of those are tools at your disposal, right? Particularly the mind. It could be a great tool. Um, but the mind doesn't have the information that the soul does. Mm-hmm. So once you come back, and we just did ceremony this weekend. So we were there in, in the field last night. So I'm still feeling the effects a little bit now, which is probably why I agreed to do this.
0: Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
1: Um, yeah, you, 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 uh, uh, you know, the mind is, is, is struggles to explain what happened. Like the mind's like, what was going on? That is the craziest, strangest experience. And I've learned just to kind of relax and just let the mind do a slow. It's like a hobby. Mm -hmm. Noodling over the stuff is like my, with, with, with mind and thought forms is like my hobby. But again, it's just all finger pointing, you know, it's finger it's, it's don't confuse it with the actual truth. This is just your finger pointing at the truth. So what's happening? Are we really retching up energy? I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, that's certainly not what's, ha- not what's happening on the energetic side, but it, it seems to explain what's happening, you know, on the, on the human 3d side. That's what's going on. Or you're shaking or you're sweating or you're crying. These are all methods of release. Yeah. And you ask yourself, why would that work that way? What, why, how, why would you design the system? Looks like that. I don't know, but it works. <laughs> it does work it's efficacious. There's, you know, like, and, and that's why I'd love doing this work because to, there's no really way to get educated about this but to do the work yourself,
0: right? Yeah, I mean, someone can't someone who hasn't done it, no matter how well you can explain to them that, that you just you just don't know what you don't know. Well, it is it is, you know, right? It is the ultimate red pill, right? So yeah. the,
1: the matrix, right? Red pill, blue pill. Red pill takes you out of the matrix and the blue pill keeps you in it. Well, you know, I think psychedelics really are the red pill. I think once you've had that experience, no matter what it is, right. Uh, Could be psilocybin, could be ayahuasca, could be a baguette, could be any, any, you know, all the cactus family, the peyotes, the San Pedro, whatever. Um, They all have different experiences, but once you have that shift in perspective and you are able to get below the level of personality and the below the level of your ego into the soul, uh, there's really no going back, right. Even if you only do it once, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, you're you're forever changed, and I think in our culture, in our society now, it's we're yearning for some spirituality. I think the this is a whole other topic, but I think like the pre-modern religions um, have just kind of run their course, and they just don't make any sense anymore. I yeah. mean, think about it. You know, there were most of these religious mythologies were the big ones, the Abrahamic ones, right? Uh, Judaism, uh, Christianity, Islam they're pre-modern. I mean, you know, they're, they're from illiterate societies. Yeah. You know, if you do any research back in like Palestine in the, you know, when Christ was walking around, it was like 90% illiteracy. Like nobody could read or write. They were just eking out a living, you know, like, you know, if you've been back to the middle East, it's, it's, it's a rough go, you know? And so you take, you know, pre-modern, whatever kind of iron age, Bedouin, uh, Middle East kind of tribal, Bedouinish kind of religions and you thrust them into the present time and they just don't make any sense. And we've done about as many cartwheels as we can to try to make them make sense, but I think ultimately they're just really hard to take seriously now. Yeah. Because they just don't ask
0: they don't answer any of the you know, many of the problems of modern society. Yeah. I mean I've here eat these mushrooms or take this cactus or drink this tea and then let's talk tomorrow i got some questions for you <laughs> right right and you think what's the difference well you know most religion is what i would call um,
1: it's delivered it's delivered to you in the form of a book yeah. or a sermon i'm going to tell you how it is and you got to believe yeah. right this is how it is believe this well it's all oftentimes you're like that doesn't make any sense you know but typically you're a kid when you're indoctrinated so you just like you just take it. you just take it like, okay, that's the way it is, you know. Yeah. Um well, this spirituality is different because it's experiential. You know, and as long as you're believing something on faith, it's always in question. Yeah. You gotta continue this is why you get to church every Sunday to get sold something new, because you gotta you gotta get resold the same thing because it's 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 hard to maintain that belief um, slash faith. Well, experiential, you can't take that away. Yeah. Particularly these experiences, because they again are seem so much more real than than this life we're in right now. (laughs) But you're just like that definitely is real. Yeah. No matter what else is going on in my life, I know that that happened. Yep. You know, and
0: you can't take that away. And nor do I give a shit what anyone tries to tell me, whether they believe me. Yeah. You're just like whatever. You can believe whatever you want, but I know what happened. To your point, like great. Yeah. Take
1: take these mushrooms, and we'll talk in the morning. You know, let me know. Let me know how it goes for you. Yeah. And if you have a great experience, a horrible experience. Had an experience. Had an experience. And you're like, that was different than anything else I've ever done or felt or had. Yeah. So it becomes quite real.
0: So with that being said, okay, so we can take this tea or do these different things and we can essentially visit the astro well astro world. Yeah. Or or ether or whatever. Yeah. What do
1: we call it? What do you call it? Um, I call it either the, or just the other side or the astral,
0: okay. astral plane, or yeah. So there's many, many times where people have listened to podcasts and yeah. heard about dark entities or bad juju or 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 light beings. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you discuss a little bit about that? Yeah. You know, if, if there is that. Like what, what do we do about that? That's an interesting topic. Okay. It's kind of a
1: ongoing, my understanding of that is ongoing, but I think a lot of it, like even in your daily life, there are a lot of agendas going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, even with your, you and your, co- your work colleagues, maybe your family, like you're kind of in alignment, but also there's a lot of opposing agendas, sometimes, you know, Yeah. boss wants you to work more, you know, you want to work less, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, he wants to pay you less, you want to make more, you yep. know, these are, you know, his boss's boss wants to whatever, you know, make more profit, all these things, right? So they're opposing agendas. Well, I think in this system we're in right now, I think there are just a number of agendas. Like this is an, an enormous game, multiplayer game that we're in for lack of a better. Again, this is this is just an idea, right? But we're in this enormous thing and I think there's just a lot of agendas going on at many many different levels. So, you know, the easiest to understand are just the human issues. So you're talking about dark energy, what not, what not. Like a lot of this is just greed and avarice, you know, old school style, right? It's 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 not hard to figure out. And again, oftentimes this is an issue with the chakra system or souls not present. I think with like serial killers and any kind of sociopath or whatever—they're just not enough soul is present to uh, to give them an idea of of how they should beha- behave, or to give them any empathy or any kind of heart energy. So they're just roaming around. Uh, the uh, what were you talking about?
0: I was talking I about like
1: the dark entities. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So so there's there's that kind of thing going on, and then once you get out there, there certainly does seem like there are other entities that are volitional, they have some agenda. Are they like D de- demon? No, I think they just have a different agenda. And I think about this, uh, like, you know, you're walking down the sidewalk and you, you know, step on like a hundred ants that are in like a, you know, line. You don't even know you stepped on the ants. You're going to church. You step on a bunch of ants. Well, the ants are like, they're that guy's the devil. He just murdered a hundred of us. He didn't even know what, you know, and you're just, you're just a guy walking down the street. You don't even pay attention. So, are you evil or are you, you know, the ants think you're the devil, but you know, you think you're whatever you're on your way to, you know, yeah, do something good. You like you, there was no ill intention. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of that's going on in these bigger systems, you know, yeah. because, and, and we tend to kind of anthropomorphize us because we are human and we say the other side is like this only different. Eh, I think, I think. You know, things like emotions, like mammalian emotion, like this, this whole, like we're animals, you know, we are mammals and we have emotions, right? And these things that we evolved because they're great survival mechanisms. Well, I don't see that on the other side. I I see like what you might call love or or this feeling, this kind of like multidimensional good feeling, whether that's consciousness, it could be consciousness as well. I don't know. Um, But it's not like here at (laughs) all, you know, and the more you try to make it like here, the the weirder it becomes, right? So it's hard to describe, you know, even even that idea of of good and ill, you know, requires some kind of like it's a human perspective almost, right? Yeah. I think sometimes things just are. It just is the way that it is. And I think if you're not worried about survival as a human, these things you don't really care that much. I mean, in my in my traipsing around the astral, I just realized that many times like whatever my human concerns were we're just not concerns outside of this game you know like whatever you're playing a video game you know yeah like whatever the physics are of the video game you know whatever the action you're playing with the people like it means a lot when the game's on but once the game's off you know you don't really care what happens right right I think some of that happens here as well it's like we care a lot here because we're playing the game but once you exit you die I don't think you turn back I don't think you I don't think you really you're just like a oh, game game's over. Yeah. Now I'm doing this other off thing. to the next. Yeah. Off to the next or doing whatever you're doing. And yeah. because we're here in the simulation, you know, you can't understand a simulation from being within it. Right. So here we are, we're in this thing and what happens next? I, I know enough to know it's out there and, and through this work, you get out there and you can, you know, navigate out there and you're doing something, but to come back as a human, you get all that information gets stripped away because you know, you're human and we're in time and space and you know uh, we have brains and they're very limited and so whatever you know you can be in these astral these these very high states when you think you just know everything and you do you feel like oh I get what's happening and then as you come back and this happens happens to be a bunch of being way out there as a really a point of awareness in the field someplace and then as you come back to become a human you just like first you like realize oh there's like time Then you realize oh i I'm a human, you know oh, that's weird oh you know oh I, I, uh, my name's Kevin, oh, I have a personality, oh, i'm sitting here on this mat, you know, in this maloka or in this room, and oh i've you know I've taken this, this substance and I'm having this ceremony, you know you you reassemble all of the components of your ego and your personality, um but you realize they are just an assemble that's like you know like you're Reading the pro like the the, the coding yeah. is 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 rendering you in real time and then you're like wow this is not real this is just this is I'm just is a, co- a line of code someplace yeah. that, you know here I am in this thing but all the other dimensions that I had access to I don't look I've asked and you can take you can take back a little bit just enough to know it was there sometimes mm-hmm. and sometimes you get information that's useful here very directly but so the times I've been way out there I, I, I'm always struck by just how uh, interesting and special being a human is. And I never am so happy to be human. as when I come back you know, and <laughs> I'm like, Oh yeah, this is, I, this is good. <laughs> I know how this works. And you know, it, you know, life is full of challenges, but you'd be into like, your challenges a lot different too. Right. And yeah. that's one of the, another one of the main benefits of feeling good is if you're feeling good from the inside, your material conditions, you know, it can be good, bad, whatever. And yeah, you may feel sad or happy or whatever, but, uh, there's, there's a kind of a baseline of I feel okay. Yeah, it's going to be okay. Yeah, that just can't be rocked, really. And you just recognize all of this as the universe bringing these experiences to you for you to evolve your consciousness. And if you can look at these things and say, what am I being taught here? You know, what am I being taught? Maybe I need to go a different direction. Maybe I need to break off this relationship. Maybe I need to improve my, you know, be more empathetic, open my heart. Maybe I got to do whatever, you know, and all these. All these things the universe throws at you to help you on your path. And I, and I, and I really do believe that now. Before I was kind of like, ah, that sounds like bullshit, blah, blah, blah. blah. But after doing this work, I'm like, no, like the universe is conspiring to help you evolve to do what you came here to do, whatever that is. Yeah. You know, and if you would, you know, if you can drop into that soul energy and you can feel the guidance of the soul, it's going to lead you straight every time. Even if the ego is fighting it all the time, because the ego, again, is programmed differently. It's conditioned from your birth and your education and your family structure and your society and everything, right? So that, that conditioning exists. Somehow you have to be able to get below that to the level of the soul and then have the soul be really what's guiding, right? The soul guiding the brain, the soul that's guiding your behavior. And that I think in my own practice is what I try to do all the time. Would just be like, look, is this my ego? You know, going, and the ego's useful. It keeps you alive, right? It does stuff, right? The brain is, you know, thinking is an important function. You got a supercomputer sitting on your shoulders, right? Use it properly as a tool to do your taxes, fix your car, build a house, whatever. Right. Um, but when the brain is trying to figure out, you know, what what your soul mission should be, it's an, it ain't, doesn't have access to the information, you know? Go to the soul. Go directly to the source. And the soul will then be able to, you know, the, the brain needs to be in service of the soul. I agree. It's hard to get to though because you know, we're so wired in here.
0: And I and I think also people are just so out of touch with themselves. Yeah. That I mean, I can see people listening to this and being like, what the fuck is the difference between a soul and you and your brain? Yeah. You yeah. know? It's all the same thing. And it's like, eh, no, it's not. Well well
1: again, this is some of like the finger pointing. Yeah. Tech, like, oh, not it, to me, I should say. I'd say like
0: uh,
1: it's it, it, capital T truth. No, this is probably not what's going on. But it's super useful to view the world that way of like my like more of my soul energy needs to come in and I will feel better. And you begin to operate not so much from the whims of the outside world because, you know, you don't control anything outside of you. And we live in a very uncertain world. I mean, you can get hit by a car, you, can, you know, whatever. Any, any number of bad things can happen. To you, stock market can crash, whatever. There's constant stuff happening, right? see it all the time. So that tends to make you very, you know, can make you very anxious and very worried and very nervous all the time. But if you can reclock yourself, right? And this, again, this is spiritual practice from not being so focused out there, not generating your happiness from outside of yourself, new house, new car, you know, new relationship, whatever, um, but begin to generate that sense of contentment and well-being um, and happiness from within, it just changes your entire perspective, and that really is the spiritual path. And at some point, you, you get on this. And I would say this medicine path is a spiritual path for sure. And you know, the church I work with, we're dedicated to helping folks wake up. Uh, and what does that even mean? You know, you hear it, people, oh, I'm trying to wake up or wake up, blah blah blah. What does that even mean? Well, in this case, it means that you wake up to the fact that you're a soul, and you're having this human experience. You know, and this is just one of the many. I've been shown a bunch of different (laughs) past lives and future lives, and you just realize you've been playing this game for a long time. (laughs) You know, you're in, you're out, you know, and, uh, you know, if you're so tied, and like the Buddhists would say, you know, kind of your cravings and aversions, if you're just trying to run towards your cravings or run away from your aversions, you're just never going to be really happy. Yeah. You know, but if you can recognize that outside world is, you know, you don't control and it's not going to be the foundation of your true well-being. That all comes from the inside. At some point you begin to have a perspective from the inside out. And that's when you can, I think that's when the soul is enough of the soul is present that you can actually begin to operate that way.
0: How do you think you can get, how do you get to the point where you're trying to operate from the, from the inside, finding love from the inside? You know, some of it is
1: just where you are in your evolutionary, like the evolution of your consciousness. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of lives you have, you're just, maybe a newer soul and you're in and, or you're not that experienced with being human or something. I don't know. And you're just not really working on that thing. Yeah. Uh, and then at some point in your, in your evolution, when your soul is like, okay, it's time for the soul to wake up while you're embodied to do something. Then you begin the process and you find your path, whether it's plant medicine or whether it's meditation or whether it's breath work or whether it's whatever, you know, there's a bunch of ways of getting there, I think. And, and if you're, you know, if you, You know, I think a lot about, about the role of intention, you know, intention and attention. And if your intention is to wake up or if your intention is to reclock yourself from the inside out and you begin to give that attention, things are going to start to flow your way, you know? Yeah. And it's never, it seems like it's never super straightforward. Sometimes it is, right? Sometimes you universe gives you like a Scooby snack and it's like, Oh, I want this thing. And this thing shows up. You're like, Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, sometimes you got to work for it, you know? Um, But if you, again, have an intention, which is why intention setting is so important, and then give that intention attention, uh, things will begin to manifest
0: that lead you on the right path. I think a a lot of people don't even understand intentions. Yeah, right. You know? Right. I don't think that they grasp the the energy that comes with intentions and what yeah what actually manifests when you're not paying attention to your intentions right right because yeah you're not paying attention mm-hmm. you know and, I, and I was, it's also yeah it's it's a little confusing
1: too because the mind could have intentions and not to confuse the egoic intentions with the soul's intentions right and I should yeah it's good to step back and say that you know your experience here as a human is uh to assist your soul in evolving, it's not here to make your ego happy, right? And the ego wants what the ego wants: comfort, status, you know, money in the bank, yeah, you know, women, <laughs> yeah, all the above, right? <laughs> yeah, right. This is what this is what the ego wants. Yep. The soul, he does, doesn't give a shit. Does about any no, of Does that. not. Like, this is not what we're here for. And, and, and time and time again, folks come into ceremony. You know, we always go through your, what are your intentions for having the ceremony? And so oftentimes it's just monkey concerns. You know, should I stay with my girlfriend or leave her? Should I take this job or this job? You know, should I buy a red car or the blue car? Should I, you know, da, da, da. And then, you know, (laughs) hour into ceremony, it's like blown out of the water. and None of that stuff. Then it all seems so stupid. You're like, who cares about all this stuff? You know, because then the soul is like, no, 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 no. This is what we're working on. You know, we're working on your heart opening up, you flowing in more universal love, you getting your energetic system in place, you being a happier functioning human, and then you doing, you know, your soul's mission while you're here, which is going to be in the service of the the greater whole. Yeah. Right. How are you serving? Like time and time again, when you come back and, and people evolve their consciousness, right? Where do they end up? They end up in service somehow. This is how I ended up here. Like you know, I never intended on doing this stuff. This was this was the. If you'd have told me. You know, whatever. Ten years ago, hey, you're gonna be doing this work, you know, uh in a decade, this is how your life will be. I would have been like, What went wrong? Yeah. What went wrong in my life that this is where I ended up, you know? And now I see it as like the
0: biggest blessing. Yeah. So I've never felt so good. And you know? look at what you're doing. I mean, yeah, you're you're helping thousands of people. It's it's amazing. I mean, it's you amazing. helped me yeah. to the point where I'm like well, I want a podcast with you. I, yeah. t- I talk to yeah, people right. about it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm emailing and I'm like, dude, yeah, uh, something happened because I drank this medicine and I, I called you the tour guide earlier. Yeah, now, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going on a journey, right? Yeah. And I don't, I'm, I'm not comfortable with this journey. I have no fucking clue where I'm going yeah, or yeah, what. Yeah. So I have uh a shaman or a ayahuasca sometimes is sometimes called yeah yeah it, yeah depending
1: on you know depending on kind of the culture and whatnot
0: and right. i and again
1: it's changing a little bit because you know this and i don't see like the word shaman is kind of a loaded not loaded it's just it's just a cultural i mean it originally came out of the you know people up the siberian the um like the sami people whatever um you know they would uh drink like the reindeer would eat uh particular hallucinogenic mushroom and the um shamans would drink the urine. Like, it would process it through the reindeer yeah. and they would drink it and they would you know have visions whatever and that's kind of where it came from i believe um but i see it more like a facilitator almost yeah. you know because it's also not coming from me like little kevin doesn't know he's always like what the fuck is going on mm-hmm. i'm just confused everybody else but big k you know who's really interfacing with the the bigger truth always you know knows what's happening in ceremony. I'm, I'm amazed working on you. Like, I, you know, it's not as if I'm using my deductive or inductive, you know, logic to be like, Oh, you know, Tyler's got a giant energy, knot of trauma in his third chakra. And I'm going to like pull and tug and press and like, you know, try to scrape it out of him. Uh, that doesn't make any sense to the mind. Yeah. You know? And yet it worked. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I went right there. I was like, Oh, this, I can see the problem. Get into it, you know, do some whatever manipulation of the body and here it comes, you know, boom. Here goes oh. the urge. So it's a, it's a mysterious process, but the, you know, so, so being able to call in more of your soul energy, right. And rely upon that. And that's what I think, you know, doing this work is largely about just setting aside the personality and the ego, dropping into the soul energy and recognizing that, you know, the, the spirit of the plant medicine is really what's doing the healing. and. You know, I, I think in that regard, she has created some kind of a wormhole or a back door into the matrix and is really a dedicated healer. Yeah. You know, and this is, you know, why this, it, it just, it really is a healing, you know, during, during ceremony, they say there's, you know, three places you go. You go to the church or you go to the, yeah, you go to the church or the temple, you know, to basically have a spiritual experience. You go to the hospital to get healed, you know, uh, or you go to the classroom to get information. Mm-hmm. And during a typical journey, a typical you know, evening, let's say, journeys last, you know, four to six hours, you're going to go to all three of those places. Yeah. You know, And you've been to all three of those places, and you get when you're in the temple and it's reverence, it's about the most amazing, ecstatic, you know, uh, spiritual experiences, feelings you can't even describe. Yeah. When you're in the classroom, you're getting downloads about very (laughs) practical things. Yeah. You know, like I, you know, uh, of course I, I, I do facilitation but also do my own work in the space and I did a recent journey and I just got very clear instruct very practical instructions about a few things in my life you're just like oh okay great now, <laughs> very, <laughs> very helpful Yeah, do <laughs> <Roger> that yeah <laughs> Roger that uh, and then sometimes you're you know in the hospital when you're getting a guy like me who's like ripping stuff out of your you know energetic stuff and you're getting healed yeah so those three things can happen and you know and I've noticed in, in my arc of the work that a lot of early on it was just about getting cleaned out. And getting healed and just like removing all these blockages again like the ones from this life you can kind of understand like whatever your dad beat you as a kid you know so you're you know whatever you're a little flinchy or something like okay that makes sense but things that happen when you're so young you can't even remember or things that happen in past life like you just have no conscious recollection of these things so it's really hard to understand you know whatever why are you why do you hate water and afraid of drowning you know maybe you drowned last life. Yeah. But you don't have any access to you that. You have no idea. Yeah. Through this work all of a sudden these things become uncovered. You're like, "Oh, that's, you know, interesting, you know. That that's an interesting reason why this particular facet of me operates this way." And once that get healed, that gets healed oftentimes that's it's, you know, that that particular uh thing doesn't manifest for you anymore in this life, you know. That's yeah. amazing. It's
0: amazing. It is. And it, it's 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 really crazy how she'll tell me like things that like you said, my soul wants that I didn't yeah. even know. Yeah. For instance, prior to ever doing a ceremony, I wasn't into herbs or plant yeah. medicines yeah. or really even growing my own food that much. Um, I mean of course like apples and shit like that, but yeah. I was just a sheet metal worker who liked a blacksmith and kick ass at jujitsu. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, no. You now love this new thing, and it's like
1: herbs. Yeah, herbs. It's not, and it's not even now you love this new thing. It's like you have always probably loved it. Like we're just letting you know. I, yeah, like, that we're uncovering this for you. Be like more like, oh yeah, I do love. Like yeah, I guess I didn't know that I, I did.
0: didn't know. But now you're like, yeah, that's right. It, she it made me. Gives she, you like yeah. look at it or something. Yeah.
1: Gives you permission or oftentimes in, in my own work and I tell some people like if like the answer is right in front of you but you ju- like we cannot see it for some reason we're just blocked right and then you go into ceremony and once that blockage is removed you're like oh yeah that was so obvious all of the time mm-hmm. right in front of me mm-hmm. and all these arrows were pointing to it and I just would not my ego was too fixated or you know too stuck I was, or, or, or too fearful, right? To take a leap or whatever. And I was just, could not see it. But afterwards you're like, oh yeah, it's so clear. It's so clear.
0: It's crazy how that yeah. happens and how it will, ha- it will, you know, it lasts longer than just that day. I will be oh, yeah. at, at work and I'll be getting like these thoughts where, yeah. where the, where the hell did these thoughts come from? Yeah. I never had thoughts like this before. And now all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I was opened up like, well,
1: it's, once the energy, once that energy, you know, healing happens, then you have, like I say, you have access to just more information. Yeah. It's coming through your chakras. Now your third chakra is firing. You know, a lot of information is coming through that. You know, you got your heart's open. A ton of information comes through that, right? A ton of very high heart, good information about, it could be about anything. It could be just feelings and emotions. It, sometimes it manifests itself even as like almost like matrix code, like you're being re-encoded or something. It was uh, a little
0: much for me at first with my heart being open. It's crazy. Yeah. Dude, not I was used like, to it. That's, what that's the why fuck
1: that, do I feel? Like that's just, why that valve closes. You can open yeah. up a little bit of and <laughs> oh, it snaps you, back. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah, no, it took me, you know, eight years to kind of get into a place when finally I could keep it open. At least, you know, I would have these experiences when it would open up, and it was just like a blast furnace. And I even thought I was having a heart attack in ceremony once. So I'm like, I'm for sure having a heart attack. This is it. I'm actually going to die, you know, doing this thing. Um, And it was just my heart opening up you know, and, and the, the, the effect of having more of my heart energy, my chakra opening up was actually making my physical heart kind of flutter in a, in a funky way, you know? Yeah. And it felt like a blast furnace was going off in my chest, you know, but it felt so good, right? It felt so good. I was like, Oh, this is love. This is really what people are talking about. You know, I now understand what a feeling of love feels like. And again, not like, Romantic love, perhaps, or remote, but, like, spiritual oneness, you know? Yeah. Real, we call it love, or what do we call it? Like, consciousness, awareness.
0: You know? Yeah, unconditional love. Yeah. Meaning, love under no conditions, not, yeah. I love this if. Right. You right, know? Right. It's, it's, it's
1: not transactional. No, yeah.
0: it's just pure, I don't know, fucking beauty. Well, well,
1: and again, this is, like... Think of, look at this. We're struggling to try to, because we're all just pointing a finger at this thing, and there's no way you can describe it. Right? Mm-hmm. You have to experience it. And then once you experience it, and you meet other people who have experienced it, you're like, yeah, we you know we, we share this thing and we get it. And then I ask myself, well, why is this going on now? Well, I do think that the shape of the world that's in right now for us as humanity to evolve into the next step of whatever we're doing, like more people need to wake up. Like We need to begin to operate out of this more heart and soul centeredness
0: mm-hmm.
1: because the current, you know, levels of kind of environmental destruction and just, you know, the GL politics and the fact we still have a bunch of nukes that could, you know, seem to you seem to keep coming around to, you know, uh, wars or War. <laughs> destruction over and over again. And now we're getting squared up with China for no reason that I think makes any sense. Right. The machine is still working. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, it's got to change. Otherwise, we're going to die out. You yeah. know, I think we have an opportunity now to evolve, and so I think a lot of beings now are being called to wake up. Which is why there's this increased interest in uh, experiential—I'll call it experiential spirituality—whether uh, it is psychedelics or whether it's meditation or breathwork or whatever. Like, you need to experience this, uh, and you need to wake up and recognize that you are a soul here, embodied, and you got work to do. To help the collective, and you'll feel good doing it. That's know, the feel good. That's it. the best part about it. Yeah, is, and this whole script in my head of like I need to make a ton of money so I can like you know, buy a house and I can I can, you know, kind of control my future and do I want to do da, 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 da like this was all the ego trying to insulate itself. Once yeah. you drop into the soul and the soul's like, You aren't going anywhere, dude. You don't you were never born, you're never gonna die. Yeah. You know, yeah, this guy Kevin, this this program will end pretty soon. It could end tomorrow, it could end thirty years. But the soul itself, you know, it's not going anywhere. And while you're here, you need to enjoy this experience. You're here for a reason. And one of the reasons is to really enjoy the experience and to enjoy the experience. It doesn't mean everything has to be going your way. You just have to feel good on the inside. Like you have to generally feel like your soul is, you know, experiencing this thing mm-hmm. and the soul experiencing being a human is enough for the soul. The soul's like, wow, this is an amazing game and I'm doing this thing and I'm a guy and I'm, trying to get this stuff done in the world and, you know, whatever I'm doing, uh, once the soul is is on track and you're doing what your soul wants to do, and it could be anything. It's a thing, too. It could be just a regular job, you know? And if your soul is in the right place, then you're doing it uh, to help, you know? I'm making, i bending sheet metal. People are building stuff. People got to have houses. They got to have cars. They got to have, you know, barns. They got to have, that's what I'm making, you know? Yep. Whatever you're doing, right? Like, instead of just thinking of it as a, as a, as a job that you're getting flogged at or, you know, boss is an ass or <laughs> whatever you know you got a tough thing to do because uh, a lot of jobs are hard you know if, if the soul wants to see this as you no know, you're helping the collective you know this is what you're doing yeah. and if you if you can embody that through the soul then I think you can you can find a lot of joy through this process and the same you know life is a challenge that's the other thing you, know, you don't get taught as a kid you know like saying hey this is a hard thing it's going to be a hard you have ups and downs you know and You know, if your happiness is contingent again upon everything outside of yourself being just right, you are going to be miserable. Like I said, maybe you can maybe you can like keep it going through your twenties, but again, a lot of folks show up to ceremony late thirties, early forties because you just hit a wall and you can no longer power through stuff.
0: (laughs) You are all filled up with shit.
1: You are just full, and you are like, there is nothing else that can that nothing else, you know. And so, are you short with your kids? Yeah. Are you short with your wife? Yeah. Are you short with everybody? Yeah. Do you just want to get the fuck out of everyone's... Let me go in the garage and just, like, whatever. Do what I'm doing in the garage. Just leave me alone. You yeah. Know? You're just full. Get emptied out, right? Yeah. This work empties you out, and then your soul can come in, and then the soul can manage it
0: all, you know, in a way that's different. I agree. And I know that some people will think, like, you know, I've heard it before. Oh, you're into doing drugs. Yeah. And it's, like... No. And if you ever thought that drinking ayahuasca would be a fun thing to do at the bar or at, <laughs> yeah. at your homie's yeah. party, yeah. You got, you're got you going to have another thing coming, right? Yeah, it's it's a different
1: experience. It's 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 hard work. You it know, is. It's work of the soul, and it's not, I wish it could be easy. Of course you do. I mean, you know, the, the ego goes into ceremony winning unicorns and rainbows, you know? Yeah. And oftentimes, that's not what you get. You get... You know, you get like scalded from the inside out.
0: You yeah, know? really. Like,
1: you know, it, it, invariably. So we usually do, do two ceremonies Friday and Saturday, you know, and, you know, almost always uh, after Friday's ceremony, a handful of folks come up. They're like, like, look, I, I just don't think I should do Saturday. I, I'm not, fe-, you know, da, da, da. and I'm always like, look, you're halfway through. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to do like, don't, <laughs> you know, if, you know, if you're going to do it, you got to do it the whole way you're going to climb the mountain, you got to climb the top, you know, until quit halfway up uh, because you have to get through that because eventually once all that crap is released out of your system, you know, then you do feel better. You'll reap right? the rewards of climbing yeah. that mountain and you feel great. And so, like I said, we just finished the ceremony uh, last night and this, you know, went through the process today and everybody, you know, everybody comes in the same tight faced, for a brow, you know, you hug people and they're kind of like stilted and stiff, you know. And mm-hmm. a lot of the dudes don't even want to hug. They're just like, what are you hugging me for? You know, You know? and I was the same way. I was yeah. exactly the same. I'm like, this is weird, you know. Um, and then after ceremony, smiles, relaxed faces. Everyone's like, you're just like, ah, you're just happy. You just feel good. We're all brothers and sisters. Yeah, we man. are all brothers and sisters. And you feel good for the first time maybe in your entire life. I know. You know? It's crazy. It is crazy. It's, it's magic, dude. So, yeah, like I didn't feel good in my life, I mean, and I had a lot of success, you know, I had a lot of conventional success and and you, you know, the ego feels good. Like it's a stroke. Like, Oh, i had this accomplishment, did this thing, you know, pat in the back, whatever. Um, the ego feels good, but it's always very short lived. And the ego is always like, what's next. Yeah. What's, what's next? next? Me feel grasping good. for the next, always thing. grasping, always grasping. And you just get tired of grasping. And all of a sudden now you realize you don't know, need to grasp for anything. Mm-hmm. It's all right here. It's inside. It's inside. And you begin to operate out of the soul and, You know, it's, it's a strange thing to, to, when your motivation shifts from egoic motivation, which we know, again, it's all about, you know, survival and status and security, these things to soul motivation um, that come from completely different places. And, you know, the brain can be used as a tool in either one of those, you know, in the first case, kind of the brain is driving the show, right? The second case, you know, the brain is at the service of the soul, and so the problems you are solving are the problems that your soul wants you to solve. Mm-hmm. And the thing I've noticed is that, like, it's still hard. Like doing this job is hard, but it it just flows so much easier. It flows a thousand times easier than when I was trying to do anything else in my life, where I was trying to basically will it into existence. Yeah, you know, you you can do that. You can will stuff into existence, but it takes a toll. Yeah, you know, uh, this, you know, it. it it just flows in a way that it's hard to even describe and things show up in the right time and schedule kind of takes care of itself. And i am just always amazed at everything just because the brain, the mind's always like, Oh man, this, this person canceled here. This is a guy, I, 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 like, you get you know tied up in some of these like logistical issues or money issues or whatever. If you just drop into the soul, listen in, listen to what your soul is telling you, then things just seem to work out yeah. in a way they never did before. So that's, that's, that's like a practical benefit. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting.
0: It is really interesting. That's the, that's where I always go back to It's magic, man. Yeah, you, it if you really is. Yeah, follow your heart, like somehow the universe just aligns shit and yeah. people and things, and it usually doesn't make sense at the time. Yeah. But then yeah. it always works out yeah. the way that it was supposed to work out.
1: The, the only caution I would say to that is when that saying of follow your heart. Like I remember when I was... You know, early on the work, I was actually like, wait, these things people say actually have a meaning, like, you know, follow your heart or put your heart into it, you know, or be, you know, be more heartfelt. There's actually a thing that actually meant something, you know, once your heart opens up, you're like, oh, I understand that's a thing. But I also realized that so much of what I thought my heart was telling me before was just my ego. Yeah. It was just my head, my ego. What you
0: think you want. Yeah.
1: What's your, what's your emotions. This will make me happy. Mm -hmm. That's not what your spiritual heart wants. That's not what your soul wants, you know, and the soul, let's say it communicates you through your spiritual heart. Again, not your physical heart, but your spiritual heart, which is in the middle of your chest. It's energetic chakra point, right? You know, this is, this is your soul communicating with you. So if you, You got to, you got to first get in communication with that and then that can lead you on the right track. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and depending on how much you want to suffer, you can fight that, you know, and Mm -hmm. I fought it for a lot of years (laughs) (laughs) and I suffered a lot, you know, it's that, what's that saying about, uh, you know, the frog in the boiling pot, right. Which is, you know, the frog jumps this pot of water. It's cool. Frog feels great. Um, and then, you know, slowly the heat gets turned up on the pot and pretty soon the frog's like, Oh, it's kind of warm in here. still feel pretty good, you know? Uh, it's like a sauna, you know, and eventually the water's boiling and the frog's just scalded, you know. Uh, and it, you know, the, the temperature never changed enough for it to jump out until it was boiling, right? Yeah. Well, that's what the universe, you know. Again, this is the finger-pointing kind of idea, but the universe keeps turning the heat up on you. And if, if your soul wants to go do something, the heat is going to get turned up on your life and whatever's going to happen, you're going to get a car wreck, you're going to get a divorce, you're going to lose all your money, you're going to like, until finally you're like, oh, I need to jump out of this pot, yeah. you know, and if you can learn to recognize when, oh, the water is starting to get warm, I need to jump out of this pot, yeah. you know, and that's the soul telling you, but it's so hard to do. Why? Because the mind is like, yeah, but hey, I know that I need to change my job. I change my career, but I make a lot of money, but I've invested 20 years in this. But everyone's gonna think I'm an idiot if I if I leave this, but, 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 all these things happen, right? yeah so I think about that oftentimes, and I've talked to people about like, hey, if you have a sense, you know, whatever it is, relationship, career, life, whatever. And, you know, when I ask people like, well, what do you want to do? You know, what does your soul wanna do? And they're like, Oh, well, I want to go myself, I go on like have an herb farm and like, you know, be an herb farmer or whatever.
0: Yeah. And then
1: they'll, then they'll be like but all those things I said. But I can't make any money. But 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 but. I'm like, stop right there. Like everything before the but. If you just do that, like give that your intention and attention, and that can manifest, and you'll feel good doing that. Everything after the but is just your ego, which is, you know, trying to it's trying to do its job of keeping you safe and secure, because again, it doesn't have access to that information, that higher information that, that that the heart and soul does. So. So even as yourself, and I find myself doing that all the time. Even now, I, I'll be like, I really need to do this, but, 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 but. I'm like, yeah. stop. Do it. All the buts. Just, just let them all go. You know? Just tell the ego to take a break. If the soul is feeling pulled to do this, this is what the soul and the heart need to do. Yeah. And then everything else will follow from that. And it's always, it always is right. Even if it's very hard. Yeah. Even if the ego hates it, you always feel better. You always feel in more alignment every time.
0: I feel like most of the time it's not congruent with the mind. Totally, you know what I mean.
1: Yeah. Like so again, like your experience is optimized for the evolution of the soul, not for the happiness of the ego. Right. So the ego is like, what you want me to do? This is crazy. You know, just keep doing this. You know, ego, and the soul is like, nope, taking a left turn.
0: Huh? Deal. <laughs> so tell me about uh, <laughs> some of some of your favorite stories that you've witnessed. <laughs>
1: Oh, well, you know, my favorite story is just my own story yeah. of going through this process of being like, really, uh, having my entire life changed now. Um, and, and, and I see that in other people now, particularly that, you know, men I work with, right. Cause I can see they're kind of stilted up the same way I was yeah, very much in their brain in their, in their thinking mind, they're very much just wrapped around the egoic concerns, trying to do the right thing for their family and their, you know, themselves, but just stuck basically um, in that compartmentalization right that that idea of like you know I'm, I'm I had to turn off my emotions so much you know I was just this happened actually recently where I was talking to a guy who's a fisherman right professional he's a yeah, professional commercial fisherman and every you know fishing season he's got to go out on the boat and it's very dangerous right we've all seen you know whatever deadliest catch you know it's that's serious business right? People drown, boats sink, hard stuff, right? So every time he kind of goes out to sea, it's like, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, going off to war, I guess. You never, never know if you can come back. Never know if you can catch any fish, whatever. It's a hard life. Um, and to do that, he just has to compartmentalize so much, you know? And then what he realized was when he came back, he would just, he became so, he just couldn't pull himself out of it. So pretty soon he couldn't, you know, communicate with his wife. He couldn't communicate with his kids. You know, he just, you know, ultimately was like, you know, I just want to be at Seymour, you know, probably in a way from all this, this happens, you know, you know, when I was working, like one of the ways I dealt with my own anxiety and depression was to become a workaholic, which is really the best addiction because if you're a workaholic, at least you have like a roof over your head and you got a nice car, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's still an addiction, but it's the best kind to have. Right. Anyway, uh, it's easy to do that and just become addicted to work because you don't, you know, you can compartmentalize. Right. Yeah. And just watching, His experience, and he's emblematic of like tons of people I've worked with who all of a sudden realize, oh, I'm so closed off. I'm so miserable. My soul has let, like the ego has no interest in doing ceremony work. But the soul kind of drugged me here. I don't even know why I'm here. Uh, And then after the weekend, it's just like, wow, you know, my heart is open. kind of experience you had? You know, you're just like, I realize something is here. I feel, I'm feeling love for the first time in a long, long time. You know, there, there's a path forward to dealing with my relationships and my family and to feel good. Yeah. There, there's a way for me to feel good here and still do everything I'm doing. I can still do my career. I can still do everything, but I, I am going to feel good. And that has a reverberation, kind of knock on effects all throughout your entire life, you know. Um, spiritual teacher Ram Das, right? He once said that uh, the best thing I can do for you is work on myself. Mm-hmm. And I really do. At the time I heard that, I was like, that's ah, kind of selfish, you know. It's kind of like a selfish way to look at the world. But looking at, now I'm like, that's exactly true. Because if you can wake up, right, call your soul back and really be more soul centered in this, in this human existence, that has re- shocks and reverberations throughout your entire community, yeah. the entire world. right? And so that's important, you know, that's important. And, and this thing we're trying to do, which is to help people wake up is super important. So the biggest kind of things I've seen are people on that path who have, who have woken up, you know, and their lives have changed dramatically. Yeah. Um, and it's you know, you could say hey man, Kev's a good dude, but just had this horrible midlife crisis, you know? I'm like, yeah, maybe, but I don't care because I feel better. Yeah. Like I feel better now that I ever have before. And my material conditions are, you know, the worst they have ever been in terms of just like, you know, money and financial and stuff. Um I just feel it'll be okay, right? It'll be okay. Yeah. I mean, you're you're like a success story too, right? Yeah. You know, uh, you came in, I could just tell, like you fit the profile. I'm like, and we weren't seeing a lot of, um, masculine, I'll say more masculine men, I think in ceremony up until maybe, I don't know, a few years back, a few years ago, let's say. Um, it's just was kind of fringy obviously. Yeah. Um, but we're seeing more of that now. So, you know, you came to the door with your background, jiu-jitsu, whatnot, whatnot, you know, steel worker. And, uh, you know, you were just kind of like, this might be bullshit. I'll try it out. Yeah. But I, but I, I'm at the, like, I'm at the end of the road here. Yeah, pretty much. I'm at the end of the road. So what do you got? What do you
0: got to show me? Yeah. You know? And then all of a sudden, pow. And then you were like, woof. Yeah. Wow. In in because even during the ceremony, I didn't even really notice anything happening. Yeah. Other than everyone driving me fucking nuts. Yeah. And, you know, as I look back, it's like, yeah, that was the thing is I had to start to feel other people that, that I'm not the only one around here. right? Right. Right, right, right. And, uh. And then when the next morning when we were doing Integration Circle. Yeah. And you played that Ottman song. Yeah. Never heard that song. Don't know the lyrics. Looking in the book and all of a sudden I start crying. (laughs) And I'm like thinking to myself, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Like I haven't cried in a decade. Yeah. Yeah. Why am I crying in front of a bunch of people I don't know? Yeah. And I just felt this overwhelming sense of love, and it was yeah. like, dude, my metaphor was I was this sword with no sheath f- yeah. on it, and yeah. like, it was beautiful and powerful, but hardly anyone knew how to wield it, and yeah. people were getting lopped, you know, <laughs> people were getting lopped chop, up, chopped, you know? chopped everywhere. Yeah, and it was like, oh, I need to, I need to put the blade away yeah. when. When it doesn't need to be in use. Yeah. And it was like, oh, I didn't realize how sharp and blunt and vulgar I was to the people that I didn't actually want to be.
1: Yeah. You yeah. know?
0: Yeah. And it was this whole thing of like how I, how I am integrating back into society. If I'm at the grocery store and I'm by these people, it's like I now think to myself like, hey make sure that you're not cutting any people when you don't want to, you know? Yeah. 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 And it's, it's, I mean, dude, my life is far better ever since that I've been on this plant medicine journey, which is not very long, but even in the short period of time. Yeah. And when I would come back, I would felt, I would feel the need of like, I need to do this again. Not in a, not in like an addiction way or like a craving of, it was in a way of like I feel better and I something's calling me back to where I need to get a little bit more information. Yeah. And then I came back and then it was super hard. And I'm crying and I'm I can't like I can't be a part of everyone. I need to go outside and need yeah. to be by myself. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck's going on. I'm miserable. <laughs> but then there's lessons to be learned within that too. Yeah. And I found peace within the chaos and it finally like was like okay no matter what the world is doing or what's going on around me i need to be able to move that energy within me to find peace somehow some way yeah and, and i think
1: what's happened the soul is is telling like your soul is telling the your ego hey you got to do that because that was the same way like i did i had miserable like just purging like i just felt horror like 20 25 ceremonies it took me a long time to clear out all the crap in my system. And each time I'm like, I'm never doing this again. Mm-hmm. I'm never going back. There's nothing like nothing's worth that. you know. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, a few weeks later, whatever. So I want to be, come back around and my, my soul would be like, this is your medicine. You got to go back. And the ego's like, no, no, no. I got things to do this weekend. I don't know what I want to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No, you're going, dude. And I just find myself like, si- like almost like a robot, like signing up, you know, yeah. <laughs> like a puppet, like, oh, here we go. You know, yeah. And then I would go. And then after a while, I was going, Oh, you know, this is what's happening. The the soul really wants to wake up. And the ego is not happy. And you just, you know, but the soul, as more of the soul comes in, it's a very virtuous cycle. You know, you get cleaned out. Let's say you got 20% of your souls in. You know, after a ceremony, you got 22%. You know, then you have a little more soul energy to come back again. And you have like 24% of your souls in. And and then eventually you get to a point when enough of your soul is here, you just kind of wake up. And, you know, even for me, I don't know. All of a sudden, at some point, I was like, wait, I think I landed here. I think I'm actually here. I think my soul is actually in my body now, and I'm anchored in my heart, and I'm present. And, you know, I look the same, maybe act the same, probably a little bit nicer of a guy. Um, but my understanding of what's happening is the way I feel is completely different. Yeah. Completely different. And my motivations for behavior are completely different.
0: Yeah, that's you know? a big one, right? Yeah. yeah. The motivations for behavior. Yeah. It's like, where are you coming, where are you coming from? Are yeah. you coming from a place of irritability, frustration, yeah. Yeah. anger, resentment, all these different things, or are you coming from a place of love? Yeah. And those two places are are vastly different. Yeah. And the thing is, as a human, like, as a
1: human, with our nervous system and our conditioning and our programming, right, which is millions of years of DNA, got us where we are right now, like, you're gonna feel anger. You're gonna feel frustration. You're gonna feel all these feelings. The question is, how do you deal with them? You know, without getting clogged up. And so, the thing that I learned is just you gotta feel. You gotta feel it to release it. Like you gotta feel the feelings. And as it, you know, I use this example of road rage. You know, like nothing's more frustrating, right? <laughs> <And> we've all <laughs> experienced some of that. You know, you get the minivan going like 50 miles an hour on the fast lane. You're yep. just like, what? You know, you're just raging, right? Uh, so I'd go to ceremony. I get all cleared out. I'd be all my heart, you know, feeling good. I would pull out of the ceremony, you know, boom, I'd be behind someone going like 25 miles an hour and a 50, you know, 55 50 mile. An hour. I'd, I'd just be like, what the fuck? Like, you know, and I, and it happened a number of times without me understanding what was going on. And then the lesson was, look, this frustration, this energy is going to come up. Like, you know, you have a nervous system, you know, you're a mammal, you're a monkey, whatever. Uh, it's what you do with it. Yeah. So I could feel the inf- I could feel that kind of frustration coming up, and instead of it going into my mind and my mind creating a story about it, those people can't drive. You know, they shouldn't have licenses. Whoever built this road was an
0: idiot. Off like, with their heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna <laughs> ram them. Whatever. Yeah.
1: Whatever bad road rage thing's gonna happen, before it can get to the head, I just try to clear the energy through my heart. I'm just like, okay, I feel the frustration coming up. Open up the heart. Just relax, feel and release. You know, relax, release, relax, release, relax, feel and release. And I just chant that mantra. You know, feel it and release it, feel it and release it. And you can burn off all of this emotion without it getting up into a story. Because once it gets into your brain and your mind begins to create a narrative or a story around it, it's it can, it's really hard to get out. You know? <laughs> it's just there. It can last years, decades of these stories that are just fabricated you know, bullshit, fabricated bullshit stories that are from these energies that you just never dealt with properly. Yeah. And oftentimes when that happens, what happens to the energy? It just gets stuffed down, right? So you you have the, you know, road rage incident. You never deal with it. You just jam the energy down. Because eventually, you know, you're like, well, you know, we live in a civil society. You got to behave yourself. You know, you can't just be lopping people's heads off. So you just kind of tuck it away, tuck it away, tuck it away. And this is why you find yourself, as we talked about, you're just full up and you just never felt all this stuff. And feelings just want to be felt. Oh, you know? they
0: feel so good, though, dude. Some feel good. Some. Some don't feel good. No, you're right. You're right. Because it, it has, even with my own heart being opened, Yeah, uh, the opposite side is, well, there's duality, right? There's a the yin and yang. So mm-hmm. if I feel this amazing on love, then yeah. when it goes the other way, it's like, yeah. oh, damn. Yeah, yeah. And I've had to tell myself, well, if you want to feel love the way that you've been feeling it, yeah. then this is how it has to be, because yeah. that's... The duality. Yeah. But if you don't, we can go get you on some, um, you know, SRIs or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. we'll numb you out. Yeah. And you won't have to feel shitty like that. However, yeah. you will never feel that that open yeah. heart love. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, oh, being numb is actually worse than feeling the extreme shittiness.
1: Well, and, and once you realize, too, if you do this for a while, is that the bad feeling only lasts little while, it clears out of your system pretty quickly. Yeah. Like if you're like, I'm feeling grief is coming up, I'm just going to sit here and grieve. I'm just going to be like, Oh, you know, I had a friend pass die recently. Really? Just a really close friend, a lovely, (laughs) lovely woman. Um, you know, young, like early thirties, you know, and she kind of tragically died accident, you know, and I just miss her every time. And we used to do a lot of ceremony work together. So whenever I went in ceremony, I really miss her. I just take the time to be like, I miss you. And I, 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 my heart is sad. Like I'm happy that you've transitioned to the other side. I've seen her on the other side. She's, you know, where she needs to belong. And I get all that, but my human, I still miss her. And I <laughs> yeah. wish she was here and yeah. I feel sad and my heart feels sad. I just sit here. And I'm like, I'm just going to be sad. I may cry. I'm just going to sit here and be sad. And guess what? It's going to clear in about two minutes
0: Yep.
1: in the past. I would have just shoved that down. Never would have felt it. i yep. you know? never would have felt it. Um, and my mom passed. She crossed over when I was, I guess, 40. Um, and I didn't know what to do with it, you know? So I just stuffed it, you know, I just stuffed it down, right? Like everybody else. And one of the first things that happened on the medicine center, you know, when I was doing doing the work in Peru was all of that unwound for me. And just the the grief I had around my mother's death, um, circumstances surrounding it, you know? Um, yeah, I tried to, to do the best I could, but I just don't think that I, that I showed up as well as I could have during that whole process. She died of cancer over a couple of years. And I just grieved. I was, I was shown, yeah, you just never let this out. So grieve it, you know. So now I'm always like, you got to feel it to release it. Yep. And you can contract around these energies and keep them. You can contract and keep, or you can relax and release. You know, it's your choice. And so I'm always like, relax, release, relax, release, you know. <laughs> feel it, release it, feel it, release it. And, and I, I probably, I, I tell myself that, I don't know, 50 times a day, because there's all kinds of little frustration comes up throughout your day. Whatever, you know
0: we're not taught any of this shit.
1: No, no no one tells you how to operate your energetic system or your emotional system. Like I said, you're taught just the opposite, right? As a little kid, you suck it up, yeah. you know? I'll give you something to cry about. Quick crying. I'll yeah. give you something to cry that about was, kind well, of stuff, My right? dad told me all the time, you, know, you want something to cry about? I'll give you something Exactly. To cry about. So you're just, you're trained to not operate that way. So you got to retrain yourself, you know? And you're just clearing that emotional state uh, gives more room in you than to bring your Energetic system back online, which brings your heart back and more of your soul energy then can come back into your body. Very cool. Yeah, it's a it's an amazing process. It's been a, quite a journey. Yeah. And, um, You know, looking forward to see what happens in the
0: future for sure. Yeah. Well, we're coming up on, I think like an hour and 40 minutes. So, you know, we, when you first asked me, I was like, what are we going to talk about? Oh, you know, I was <laughs> like, I was
1: like, I can't, it's going to go like 10 minutes, you know, I don't know what we're going to talk about, but. There's always shit to
0: talk about. Because once, you know, once you get going... Yeah. Well, part of it's the chakra system. Somewhere this information... Is coming through. Is coming through. Because even all the shit that I've said, all the shit that you said, it's not like you rehearse that throughout the day, you know?
1: No, no. In fact, I kind of forgot about this until you pinged me a few days ago. And I was like, oh, yeah. You know, I was going to do that. And I dropped in and I was like, yeah, this needs to happen. And I can... You know, I've been trying to operate, even now, because I just came out of ceremony, so my heart's wide open, right? So I'm just really trying to, like, be in that heart energy and just say, let's flow this from the higher self. Because the ego is like, oh, well, dude, you're going to go on, you know, other people are going to hear this. Like, what are the, you know, the ego's like, really? Oh, man. Oh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, what? You yeah. know? So that's the ego. But the soul's like, yeah, drop into it. This is what needs to happen. Feel good. You know, be in your body. Open your heart. If you start to feel that, and you kind of that,
0: feel it. Feel it, release it. Feel it, release it. Yeah. So if anyone's out there who would like to uh, facilitate in an ayahuasca ceremony, feel free to get a hold of me. Um, I will put all of our links in the show notes below. I will also put Kevin, his show notes, or his links, so you can directly get a hold of him as well. Um, If you feel that any of the information that we have shared with you is a value please share this podcast i don't pay for advertisement or marketing or commercials i would rather just be have it be spread from word of mouth yeah so if you like it please share it with your friends and we will see you next week great tyler thanks a lot i've been great uh
1: thanks for having me as a guest on your show absolutely man (laughs) and it's been really an honor and a blessing to work with you, brother i appreciate it
0: Appreciate it, too. And I'll be back for a ceremony soon. (laughs) Thanks. Later.